0: G'day guys, welcome to Down Under Sigma. You're here with Santa Coach. Uh, I like that. I actually added that just before we went live. Um, welcome, episode two of a new season. We have Clint has Clint has kept his job. He is on probation. Uh, Clint, welcome back. Uh, hello, and we'll get back into the formalities and we'll chat general stuff. And we've got a lot of stuff going on because uh, we in Australia. If you haven't heard we had our very first match play two-day tournament. So uh, a bit of a rise and return of match play. We've had tickets go on sales at other events. Clint, I know you've got something coming up pretty soon. Uh, we've got lots going on. We've got lots to talk about. Lots of cool GLB releases as well uh, and lots to talk about from a gaming perspective. And Matt, uh, Matt, the mayor, the master, the kebab legend himself, Tyrrell. <laughs> um i should put that photo in my stream uh and that's gonna be our guest today matt g'day how are you welcome
1: yeah i'm good on the eggnogs for christmas cheers
0: cheers to the eggnogs, guys so this is the christmas episode i don't know how it turns into the christmas episode um uh, <laughs> we got talking about eggnog in our uh group chat uh in preparation for the show and i decided to get a all christmasy stuff so
2: um <laughs> You just took it that step further. We were like, "We'll have some eggnog while we're streaming," and then you went, "I'm going to go full Santa Christmas." It's a good start. Look, bells
0: on his nipples. I do have bells, so guys, if you do hear a... up, <laughs> if you hear that, uh, that means that uh, I'm moving too much, and I probably will have to take my jumper off, uh, or this will turn into an OnlyFans launch. Uh, I joke about this a lot. I, I feel like we're, we're getting to a cusp where the joke actually might turn real.
2: Uh, no, please don't. never, ever, ever. You say that, don't.
0: you say that, but maybe the chat's going to uh, go, yeah, we want OnlyFans, coach. Uh, that's only the only content we want.
1: They just want to see you fail.
0: They want to see me fail. Uh, and g'day everyone in the chat as well. We got a whole bunch of cool people hanging out. We got Paul, Jonathan, Wargaming Dad, Elron. We got uh, Elron, Elron, not Hubbard, uh, Enron. And we got Samuel. Cool, we got a lot of cool people in the chat uh, and we are talking all things, I guess. Like, what what are we talking about? We got a lot going on, Clint.
2: Everything. We're talking everything from hobby to this uh, event that you both went to, GW releases, all the things. Matt, things. what are we
0: what are we gonna talk about?
2: Age of Sigma, gaming,
1: having fun, <laughs> catching up with mates, everything. Whatever we what can. Are,
2: what are you fishing for, Anthony? Are you fishing for the Everwinter event? Is that what you're fishing for? You just I'm...
0: I'm not fishing. I'm trying to get you guys uh, involved in the conversation and get me out of OnlyFans discussion. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do. Uh,
2: uh, he wants us to pull him out of that hole uh, that he keeps digging, Matt. That's what it is. <laughs>
0: yeah. just, just digging that hole. Digging that hole. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, Matt, uh, Matt, you have been on a, a guest on this channel a number of times. You are the current reigning Australian master. Uh, you also do have your own YouTube channel, uh, but maybe. For anyone who doesn't know who you are, Matt, do you want to give us a quick introduction? And uh, people need to know that you are the master and the kebab legend. (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, so I won the masters obviously last 12 months ago. I had a a thing on my phone just uh, two days ago for the the memories 12 months ago. Um, So, yeah, that was an exciting time, Uh, unexpected. But, yeah, uh, that was good. And then just being around... Uh, I've been playing now for what four or five years. Sort of started just before AOS, and just been smashing out AOS ever since. Um, dabbled in a bit of forty K, but I just don't like it. So just Age of Sigma for me, and yeah, just like to like to play fun armies now. After winning masters, or sort of, um, I've been really having a lot of fun playing with my Night Horn and just trying to make some lesser army. Um, try and make it good. And see how that goes. Um, so yeah, that, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. If you don't know me by now, that's don't worry about knowing me. Yeah. I mean I
0: mean I mean the show's worldwide as if like if there are many people who don't know who you are, Matt. Uh, I know you are the mayor. Uh, you are the mayor, you are the master, but people don't know who you are sometimes. So and
1: on the uh, Clint and I now we're both on the ETC team. Um on the captain. Uh, we just recently voted Clint clean in as we had a we had a dropout um, so yeah exciting times ahead if if that all goes ahead but I'm not too confident just yet but we'll uh, we'll plan we'll plan for it and if it does go ahead
0: we'll be ready to go well there's another thing that's happened as well over the last month I don't think we had that news Clint that um, the Australian ETC or the European team championship um, for anyone who doesn't know what the ETC is um, so you guys named a team was devoted for. Um, and that's something that happens at the like mid to mid to late uh at the end. Obviously, August. this year got cancelled, but yeah, August it happens next year.
2: Hopefully, all things going well. So basically, yeah, the World Cup of Warhammer, which obviously got cancelled this year, uh, for various reasons.
0: And this this is the first time Australia's entering, technically. I mean, they were entered this year, for, obviously got cancelled, but For AOS, yeah, we have a long history of fantasy, have a long history of 40K, Age of Sigma. We've never had representation from an Australian point of view. So, who is it? So, it's Matt, it's Clint, it's Uh,
1: Michael Clark. um, uh, Who else we got? Liam. Uh, Yeah, Liam. um, Oh, names just put me on the spot all the time. Matt Bigwood. (laughs)
2: Liam, Chuck, Michael Clark, Andrew Bigwood. Yeah. Yeah, and myself.
0: Cool, and 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 maybe just you know we'll we'll touch on this maybe briefly. How does it all work? Like, do you guys just say, "Hey, I'm going to rock up with my legions of their gash army, and I just go over to to wherever it is in Europe and play?" Like, what's what's the deal for anyone who doesn't know much about the ETC? Uh, so, so with ETC,
1: it's a, it's a teams, cha- it's a, obviously a teams competition. Um, so you're not going to be going with a list that you would normally take to a normal tournament, which uh, can, is a, what what you'd call an all rounder list that can normally deal with all sorts of threats that are thrown at you. You might have one bad matchup, but um, with ETC, you kind of take one one very strong list um, that can beat maybe. Uh, a quarter, a third of other armies very easily, um, like very good matchups, and then obviously other matchups you you still grow okay. But yeah, so it's it's not just you pick your list and then you go with it. We talk about lists, um, and also you can't double up either. So it's one of those tournaments where say Clint and myself we couldn't both take um Ideneth eels uh, for example we couldn't just take the same list so you got to take different units uh, different war scrolls from your your other teammates which um, just means that yeah you're not going to a tournament with uh, five players playing Ideneth or or whatever um, so yeah it's there's a lot more involved we we've got a group chat we uh, we chat about tactics and and who plays what and um, and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, it's been a bit quiet the last couple of months because no one's playing, um, understandably. But uh, as things turn around now, hopefully going forward, we'll see some more tournaments, more people being able to get out to their local stores and have a game, and um, they'll be able to start practising their lists and, and see what they like. So... Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a lot different, obviously, to a normal tournament. But yeah, we're we're getting around it. And then um, when the ETC actually starts, it's a, it's a lot different too. You have um, a match up process each game, um, where the two captains will, will put forward a, a, an opponent, and uh, you got a match up. So it's a, it is very strategic. Uh, like the, the actual game itself is the least strategic part of the whole process, to be honest. Um, it's more everything else, like just, yeah, going there, building lists, and then, yeah, all the matchups. And so we, we, we literally have to study everyone else's armies and have pretty much a spreadsheet for each um, opponent where we know our strengths and weaknesses with matchups going into each game. So, yeah, it's, a, it's very involved. Um, it's, I think it's six games over three days or something. So you only do like two games a day, but there's like four hours all- allocated for each game. Um, That includes your matchups and all that sort of stuff. So, yes, uh, very different, something I'm not used to and slowly coming around to. And I'm sure most of the other um, guys on the team, bar Chuck, who's been there before, um, most of us don't really know what's going on either, but um, we're all pretty adept players and should do fine.
0: That's right. You're Stephen Bradbury, the event. Clint, how are you feeling about ETC at the moment?
2: Oh, uh, look. Super excited. It's been on my Wimer bucket list for, uh, gosh, probably seven or eight years at this point, ever since I found out it was a thing. So to actually get selected was pretty amazing. And uh, I'm just crossing fingers and toes and everything to um, make sure to hope that it happens next year as planned.
0: No, that's awesome. And uh, Clint knows that I may or may not be applying for the coach role in 2022. Maybe, maybe maybe (laughs) it would be better if the coach becomes the coach so uh
2: that's maybe the only reason you're doing it right it really
0: is it's either that (laughs) or adepticon and i'd love to go back to adepticon so either it's coaching coach or it's adepticon and we'll see how we go we'll see how we go um but a very very exciting nonetheless fingers crossed adepticon Adepticon. well of course i want to happen but well, I want the Adepticon to happen, but ETC, absolutely, I hope it happens, and we do it very safely. I know in my community in Sydney, we're actually just lifting our restrictions a little more. I've got a, I've got a little one-day event that I'm running next Sunday, and um, we're, we're lifting it so it's going to be one person by two square feet, where it used, it used to be four. So um, who knows, fingers crossed, by the end of next year, uh, we're all good, we're all rolling dice, we're all maybe shaking hands in a, in a new COVID safe world. But uh, hey, let's skip COVID. Uh, I think I think we've had enough of that talk for almost like nine months now. Um, what have you guys been up to? Have you guys been doing any, any hobby lately? Have you guys been up to anything in particular? I might start with, with the mayor. I've got some photos from you, mate. What have you been working on?
1: Um, yeah, so obviously this whole year has been pretty shit. Um, it's been very hard to um, motivate myself, but uh, with the tournament on the weekend of finally having a tour ta- you know what it's like as soon as you've got a tournament and you've got stuff to paint it's you, you just get in and crack in and do it um, in saying that I knew I needed these painted probably about three months ago and only started like last week so always always the one to leave leave the homework till the last minute um, so I went through I had to paint obviously there two units of four bench me and more benches and two units of 10. Dread Scythe Harridans and the famous Kevin the Canrath. Um, so got I got those. Was, I was
0: going to say the chat has called out and said Kevin. A uh, Kevin has appeared. Uh, I have um, seen this discussion happening in Discord. Uh, Kevin the like, what's the deal? What's what's Kevin the Khan Wraith? By the way, we're showing photos if you're watching this on the podcast. Uh, we have Kevin the Khan Wraith. Um, so he is. oh, look. I don't know
1: I, I I named him as a uh Kevin is kind of like a just a mediocre name like just a everyday Joe Blow um so I kind of that's why I named him Kevin the Carn Wraith and he but he has this uh artifact and weapon that on a 6 to hit does uh 2 plus d3 mortal wounds so and he gets to re-roll hits, so you charge him into units of ten or something. He just wipes them out, and your opponent's like, "What? Well, that's a sixty point! Like he's worth sixty points." Um, so yeah, he's like, yeah, Kevin the Conraith, um, and his wife uh, Karen the, the Banshee. The uh, she's the <laughs> she's in the list too. Um, so yeah, everyone knows what a Karen is. Uh, and so yeah, he's like the uh, Kevin that has to. He gets told what to do at home. He does all the dishes, the washing, the ironing. He does everything. yeah, Karen screams at him like a banshee the whole time. So um, that's the story there behind Kevin the Khan Wraith. Uh, he's a lot of fun. I I have so much fun with him. Um, I always put him in the underworlds, drop him down nine inches away from one of my opponents, like, Something they don't want to lose, obviously, and and I get right behind those uh, that nine inch dice roll, um, and I always have CP ready to re-roll it. I'm always re-rolling it, even if I've got something more important to roll. Um, so I, I just have a lot of fun with him, man, and the whole army. I just I'm having so much fun with Night right now. It's just it, it's it's really good fun. You can turn up to your your opponent, you turn up to the table, and your opponent sees that you're playing Nighthaunt and they're like, oh, you're not playing, you know, you're not playing the current filth, the meta, um, and they think, oh, well, they're gonna have a good time, they're gonna have a good game, um, and, and it's just, it's just a fun army. I, I really enjoy it, so yeah, I, I, I hope to play it um a lot more in the future, um, and I'm really enjoying trying to take the army to the next level and and try and do well with it, um, to prove a lot of people that you can you can do well with them. So yeah, that's pretty much the story behind all that.
0: Uh, it's got some tools as well. I think anyone who writes off Night Haunt, you know, it's got the movement, it's got the uh, the deathless save, it's got the rend, so uh, it's got uh, the model wounds, it's got a whole bunch of things. So um, I think you know, if you are a Night Haunt player, uh, uh, it's the big a thing with them the too.
1: Um, like a lot of current armies and new release armies, um, they're pointed in a way that. Like their points costs allow for rend. Like a lot of the new stuff has rend and gargans. Rend. Man, a
0: lot of a lot of gargans damage comes from rend.
1: Exactly. So the fact that you, your night haunts just ignoring that flat out rend. It's just it, they're a lot better in the current meta than when they were first released. Because when they were first released, there wasn't a lot of me, uh, rend around, so units were pointed accordingly. And um, but you had a lot of uh, obviously you had a lot more. Uh, what would you say, horde? Armies, I guess, with a lot more attacks. Which, when ren, ren doesn't matter, then it's more weight of numbers, so they just kill you. But yeah, in the current meta, I feel they're 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 quite good. They're quite competitive still. So yeah, they're a lot of fun.
0: And if you're in Australia, we've got mortal of realms magazine. uh So you're probably going to have a whole bunch of cheap night haunt to play with. uh I know, Clint, you've been going pretty crazy with buying up this magazine, but not for you.
2: No, for my uh, kids, actually. Um... So I, I, that said, I did buy the first issue quite a few times for me uh, to get some chain rasps. And every now and then I buy an issue for me and an issue for the kids. But uh, my son has actually been doing Night haunt, so he um,
1: oh, nice. was working on the
2: Treadblade Harrows last night. So, yeah. Um, and my daughter's doing Stormcast. They're in a tub there, actually. So, yeah. Oh, my stuff's on the screen.
0: Yeah, that was that was me introducing you into
2: discussing. <laughs> like
0: that was, was that was me trying to open a space for you, Clint. I know we're still got a working relationship here. You gotta, you asked let, me a
2: question, I answered the question. Um, yeah, but,
0: but then there's like yeah. a subtle hint here. So I've got Clint's hobby up, guys, for anyone who's on the podcast. So, uh, Clint, what have you been working on?
2: Um, I pretty much since the last uh, episode, I've painted most of my Bone Reapers army. I know I'd started last time, um, and I managed to smash through um, as much of it as I can. Um, as you can see, I've been working on the Bone Tithe Nexus. So I did that on stream uh, this week. Uh, it's just about done. I just have to do the glow effects, and the Tufts turned up today for the rest of the bases. So pretty much I'll have that finished by the end of the weekend. Um, what, what, what Tufts are you using? Uh, the Game of Grass Winter Tufts. And then some snow and stuff, sort of embedded in the tufts. Normally, my local store gets them, but I've been waiting a couple of weeks now, and I just had to order them. I'm like, I want to. F- I literally have this entire 2,000 points nearly finished, just waiting for tufts. So I just had to order them, and yeah. Um, and then there's also uh, another wonderful Manfred model there that turned up yesterday. Because Can I ask
1: you a question? How hard was it to cut the shrink plastic off the shrink? Wrap? I,
2: st- I still haven't. Oh, you haven't? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's 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 hard to tell in that picture, but it is shrink-wrapped. Basically, um, I was going to do a Manfred for the Call to Glory charity raffle for next year, um, but I can't find detail paint at the moment, um, so that plan is not going to happen. So, uh, But I did actually want to paint this model again and because I painted one probably about six or seven years ago. And it's my favorite miniature that I think I've ever painted. I just, I spent time on it. So I'd love to paint one again and like hold the two side by side and see how much I've improved in, you know, six years.
1: Is that metal? Yeah, mate. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Such a cool looking model. I'd like to have one as a vampire lord on Steed.
2: Yeah. It is my favorite ever GW model. What's the saying? Manfred did nothing wrong. Manfred did nothing wrong. I'm not wearing the shirt tonight. I'm wearing our. I'm wearing the Herald's Night Haunt Pac Man shirt tonight. So
0: look at you with your all your Herald stuff. Herald's hat. Herald's shirt.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Matt's got one of these shirts.
0: I do. So, I do. I yeah. wore it. I've got, I've got it as well. I think I was your first purchase.
2: Possibly. I don't know. We gave some out though. So I I, I legitimately
0: person. purchased it.
2: I was the first. Well, to get one. well done.
0: I was a sucker. How's how's the eggnog, by the way, gents? I've got my it's Bundaberg eggnog that I've added extra Bundaberg in. That's uh, disgusting.
2: Got... Don't a... even
1: talk about it. <laughs> it's just I've, so wrong. I've got a uh, Captain Morgan spice rum in mine.
2: I'm just I'm just gone plain. I I don't need a drink this evening, but um, Kraken in it is always good. Yeah,
0: All right. I, I I thought at, at least with it being a Bundy one, I would do Bundy in it, um. <laughs> So what yeah, have I been right. up to? Um, don't judge Bundy, man. <laughs> what what have you been Bundy.
2: up to, Anthony
1: Magro? I've done nothing. Yeah. This
0: this week, I have done literally nothing. I've played Assassin's Creed all week, and it's been glorious. I've just played like five hours every day, every night, just smashing out Assassin's Creed. Um, Isn't that what so- you do after
1: every tournament, though? You just There's no hobby. There's nothing. Like, you just, nah. <laughs> For like a couple of weeks, I reckon.
0: Yeah, it depends on like, uh, it's, it's hard because, you know, like, as you know, when, when tournament season's up and running, um, you've normally got a tournament every month, every couple of weeks, you've got something, you are know, like you're constantly on the, like the hamster wheel, but as our hamster wheel's kind of just starting up, uh, you're right, like, you know, you, you paint an army up, I've got my 2k of gargant, so I think this month uh, I've been mostly focused on painting up my sons of Behamat, Behemoth, Behemoth, however you want to pronounce it. Um, I had to get Behemmet. that up to a... What? behemoth BMAT. Uh, the Sons, man. The SOBs. The, the original and the best SOBs. Um, I'm going to cop something for that. Um <laughs> So I've I've been painting up my sons, Uh, I had eight models to paint, it was the craziest eight models I ever had to paint, Uh, despite it sounding like only eight models. uh, The sons are crazy detailed, crazy Mm. detailed. some really cool stuff going on there. You know, painting the net, there's the the Kraken Eater with his big net alone is a massive pain in the ass. Uh, There's just so much detail and I'm getting so excited I'm moving around with my bells.
2: so that's, I, that's your nipples getting erect, <laughs> mate, with the bells on
0: them. So apologies to the children. When you so hear a gong, you don't know it, where that bell yeah, is. Can, <laughs> um, so. So let me yeah. So I uh, I painted up my sons of Behemoth, Behemoth, and getting a couple of practice games in, which was really really cool. But at the same time, I was working on my armies on parade board. So the first uh, armies on parade I've ever entered, uh, I've never entered. It's it's normally at a time where um, it's just after Sydney GT so normally it will take a couple of weeks after sydney gt um so for me getting up a, a display board uh has never been something i could do uh so this year with cancon being cancelled uh i said stuff it i'm going to enter into armies on parade i'll bring up some photos i think in the tournament as well you guys can see what that looks like uh but then funnily enough i had a little story on saturday i started a daughters of Kane army because i wanted that to be cancon 22 because um, now my display board's over. I've got some display board ideas. I've got daughters. The Sunday, I won the Lucky Door Prize and I walked away with this Lumineth box. So in the span of a weekend, I had to explain to my wife how this all came about. Uh, but more <laughs> importantly, uh, I became an elf player. So uh, I'm really confused. I'm so confused and I don't know what to do because uh, I've, I've now got two armies. Two new armies. Uh, I don't know if I should give away the Lumineth box, if I should start it. Uh, Should I just keep it for a rainy day when maybe a Tyrion comes?
1: Well, knowing you, you're a filth player, so go the Daughters of Cain.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm always chasing the meta (laughs) with my legions of Nagash and my... (laughs) (laughs) Your Grots. My Grots, grots. yeah. And your Giants. Those 5-0 Giants, those 5-0 Grots.
1: Um, So we're looking at the least... uh least filth then you might have to go lumineth i think
0: you reckon i'm going to, i'm going to witch elf so and i've got a really cool idea for my display board so i'm not going down the snake matter. uh yeah it was what it, sam it was a great weekend but then i had to explain to my wife i'm like look i'm coming back with a daughter's army that was literally half price i got i got the army half price or more than half price which is why i bought it on the spot um so did meant you tell her be-
1: how much it was or you just said it was half? I twice? did.
0: I did because, um, and I, so I, I said to my wife, because I, um, only days before this, I started putting together my Christmas, my Christmas wish list. Um, and I actually had witch elves. I had, uh, the underworld's war band and I had a, uh, cauldron of blood. I had that in my Christmas list. And, um, uh, basically while I was in Canberra, I met up with a player, um, while i was browsing for some product and they said hey uh we just happened to be there on the friday just a random player he's like hey i can bring some models in i've got some art I, you know there was no witch elves on the shelf but like hey i've got some witch elves uh, i'll bring them in on saturday if you want them we'll do a deal and it was like literally 50 maybe even almost close to 60 off and i got the the start collecting box as well as all this stuff here so um and i'm going to trade the doomfire warlocks to a player um, who wants them? And I'll, and he's gonna buy the Daughters of Cain um, uh, Underworlds Warband for me. So, um, like, I think I, c- I come out pretty well considering it would have cost me the same amount as buying three boxes. I paid about the same price as buying three boxes of Witch Elves. So, um, so I walked away with a free start collecting box and free Doom via Warlocks. So, so that guy I-
1: we wa- that guy we watching this stream going, oh shit! I really dumb my ass on that.
0: No, no, the, the the player knew he was giving it away, but he's like, look, I want a, a quick sale. Uh maybe got it off the back of a truck or something. Uh so I just told the wife to buy me Marathi instead. So I thought get Marathi and get um something else. Yeah. Oh and the K Warband. I'm gonna buy the K That's what also on the Christmas list. The Knot Warband and Marathi.
2: Nice. Fair enough. Yeah, you're allowed to put hobby on your Christmas list. Yeah,
0: well, you're
2: not, not. allowed to. No, I'm not. Um I got told that I have to pick non-hobby related products for my Christmas <laughs> Christmas gift this year. So
1: this is probably my first year. I haven't wanted any hobby for Christmas, but yeah, I've been told the same. If I put it on there, <laughs> I'm not getting any. <laughs> I've got enough.
2: <laughs> got enough. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I. I <laughs> I think it probably stems from the fact that we have everything we want and we just go buy it anyway and yeah. we both have copious amounts so you know true. it's
0: very true it's very and true. nothing
2: to do and nothing to do with your whip noises so <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, And and speaking of some hobby as well, I was looking through the community site for for Australia. I was looking at some of the the photos coming up this week, and uh, it was really cool to see some of the hobby that's going on. looks like there's a lot of daughter's love, a lot of slanesh love, uh, a lot of Gargant love happening at the moment. It was really cool to see Ben Chung as well doing, um, doing IDK as well. I think, you know, the Broken Realms has really lit a fire up. In the Dark Elf player community, you've seen it in Stormcast and maybe some of the Liberators coming back on the table. You're starting to see some of these different builds and armies that uh, maybe haven't seen the table for a while. So uh, very, very cool. Shadow and Pain has certainly activated the the Slanesh and the Daughters players. Are you seeing that in your communities as well, Clint and Matt? Or what are you guys seeing in your, in your spaces?
1: No. You go first, Matt. Um, yeah, look, to be honest, our space has been very quiet um there's been no hobby progress at all um maybe a couple of bits and pieces but we to be honest so our, our local meta we we don't chase the meta um we're kind of look we're, we're we just have our own army and we just stick to it uh, and always have locally but um yeah we're a lot different to most met other regions um so, yeah, yeah that, no, damn,
0: that, that damn Deke is always chasing the meta there. He's just. <laughs> yeah. like,
1: not but, um, no, yeah, well, he's he's a GW employee. They've got a new model each week, haven't they? A new army. So, um, yeah, no, we're, we're being very quiet, man. So, how about you, Clint?
2: Uh, look, I know that there's been a bunch of the, um, uh, Shadow and Pain and the other Broken Realms box sets bought, but, uh, based on, what people are playing and what people are bringing. I don't think there's been too much for change. Like everyone was sort of halfway through a hobby, like a project. And so they're just kind of kicking it through. Ask me again in three months time. And who knows, like we'll have a couple more broken realms books and people will, have, will have like started on those new projects.
0: I've seen a lot of people pick up Broken Realms. I've got in front of me. I'm doing a review tomorrow with um, uh, with IDK. I'm doing an IDK video tomorrow. And uh, it sounds, I, I see a lot of people being activated. They haven't bought the army. They haven't, they're starting to build the army. Um, and I think, you know, when I look at Broken Realms and, Clint, you know, when we caught up last month, we were only kind of scratching the surface and making, you know, tinfoil hat predictions. But, you know, just looking at the the depth of knowledge from the Stormcast, the IDK uh, the the, um, the Daughters of Cain, the Cities of Sigma, the Slaves to Darkness, kind of. I'm not really a big fan, as you might have noticed, on the Warhammer Weekly stream. Uh, not for me. But, hey, if you want to run chariots, like I think it's started to build out people's imaginations. And I think, who knows, maybe a lot of these armies are going to find the table early next year, Maybe on be, be on people's Christmas lists, or they're waiting to see what the next broken Realm is going to look like. Uh, now that we've seen, uh, I guess maybe the the, the transition here is Sigvald.
2: Not that one. <laughs> A better one. <laughs> there we are.
0: That, that that teaches me for just just hitting the scroll button, you're like Sigvold, you're like. You're like
2: Yay, a model that's 13 years old. Go. Uh, <laughs> this is
0: crazy. This model is pretty crazy in comparison to the old Sigvold, and, like, you just look at it, it's just chalk and cheese, right? And I think um, I think some people are hit and miss with their horns. I think, you know, some people like the, the no horn version, but, hey, to get yourself some clippers, clip those horns off, and uh, you have Sigvold 2.0.
2: So yeah. for those that don't know, who is Sigvald? So Sigvald uh, the Magnificent uh, was a Slanesh hero uh, from the world that was. Um, and he he personified um, the aspect of Slanesh, the access to perfection uh, side of things. So his shield was a mirror and he was always perfect and he was just, that was his thing. Um, a great like a great way to look at Slanesh in a different way than what people sort of meme it as Kiddies. um yeah more than cheese. yeah exactly it's Slaanesh is much more than that so he was a great way of doing that and um and so unfortunately he met his end in the end times basically being um pissed on by um the troll king yeah. <laughs> essentially um which was fairly in you know, inglorious uh, Defeat. But um, I saw a tweet from Phil Kelly saying that they had uh, um, hit a little Easter egg about Sigvold in t- one of the Shadespire books years ago, um, and that's finally coming to fruition. So it's good to see uh, see him come back.
0: By the way, people are giving me shit for my dress, by the way. People are just asking why I've come <laughs> up as an elf. Uh, I'm getting a whole bunch of shit from you guys, mm. so...
2: Thanks dress for like that. a Garden gnome,
0: garden gnome, Elf. What's going on? With the fancy dress competition. Sheesh, I dress up. I put a bit of effort in, trying to make this fun for you guys, and there's rain on my parade.
2: No, they are they are having fun. They're having yeah. fun <laughs> pecking on you. At your expense.
0: Let's <laughs> have an OnlyFans and just do that for three minutes. Um, Don't
2: please stop talking about OnlyFans. Um <laughs> I, I will say, Clint,
0: that um, what I really like about this model is that fantasy traditionally has always focused on the sex side of slanesh, And I've always been a little bit envious of the 40K because 40K, I think, has a more of a holistic view on slanesh. You know, the Noise Marines, for example. Clint's already... Are you I'm about to disagreeing with K? you. Are you about I'm, to actually me?
2: I am about to um-actually you. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <All> <laughs> Just right, Chase, right out like the, the gate. Convincing so, why. If you read um, any of the – there's a bunch of Gotrick and Felix stories uh, where they deal with slanesh cults and things like that, and some of them have taken uh, food to excess. They're quite large and mutated that way, but they just can't help eating. Um, There's a lot more aspects than just the sex thing. The sex thing is what gets memed a lot and what people talk about, but there's a lot more depth to the background on slash and now i'm gonna actually
0: i'm gonna actually you now actually uh let you let me finish my sentence before you actually me i was gonna talk about the (laughs) models on the tabletop uh I, i don't think we've seen that lore translate onto the tabletop as well in fantasy whether it's sigma whether it's um just warhammer fantasy battles because it has mostly focused on the sex side so uh, i'm hoping this mortal slanish and we've started to see some like the underworlds of the Warcry Warbands war bands starting to play on other aspect aspects of slanish while still keeping to what we know that's my point yep. my point is i l- i like it and i'd like to see other things like i'd love to see our own version of like uh you know the the noise marines which is you know essentially you know some type of bard some type of pied piper um give me that type of style of slanish as well as the titties <laughs> like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying take away the titties but also like the other side of the the the, the non-titties
2: this is this is possibly <laughs> one of the most awkward conversations i think i've ever been in um all right, we can make it not. Right, we'll I think. Move along. I, think that, I think. Is that why that, you wore bells on your titties tonight? Is it? Oh, Magro. <laughs> I think plastic. that. I think that the new Sigval model is a fantastic showcase of what they can do with plastic compared to the old metal ones. Like we see it time and time again when they redo old models. Um, but I think he, he's just like the latest awesome example of that.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and the scale is awesome as well. So it's going to
2: on a pretty big base. He's on a huge base for his side, but he's quite like he's tall rather than wide. So um yeah, it, it's quite a decent looking size base. Yeah, if you've
0: seen the old Sigvault model, it's probably you know no different than a Chaos Warrior. Like it's not a massive model. It's it's again, it would fit quite well in Warhammer Fantasy battles in a regiment. But when you look, when you compare this, like this will be what 60 mil? Ninety mil, that kind of—it's going to be a lot bigger to like a, a, a demon print size than what we know.
2: Um, I, yeah, I don't. Do we have pictures? I don't know if they were in the video, um, of him compared to other stuff. Um, because every picture I've seen is kind of him in isolation, which makes scaling super hard. Um, but I, I can't see him being on on anything bigger than maybe a fifty. What are the guys um, just, behind? yeah but even them like they're hard they'd probably be on 40s um but yeah it's it's hard without anything next to him but i think 40 mil would still make hit like is a big base when you compare to the way he's he's sort of standing so i'm sure we'll find out soon
0: Uh, yeah very soon very soon very soon and we did see like i know clint when we did the uh we looked at the games workshop website last month and we saw the three coins we saw uh the Marathi coin which we saw in uh you spent what 160 bucks australian and you got yourself a coin that was last month uh there were two other coins that were shown off one was a nurgli type 40k one the other one was a slanish one so knowing that we've got the the 40k coin this month we can only assume that january is the coin for slanish which may mean we start to see Mortal Slanesh sometime at minimum pre-order in January, if not released in January. Maybe the maybe released uh, or at least pre-order for Boxing Day, if not that early January that we've seen so many armies come out. Um, like Gloom Kits, for example. There's always a new army like the second week of Jan.
2: The the let's screw with CanCon slot for army releases. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But
0: uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on mortal slanesh, uh, Matt? Is there something that interests you? Do you think it's you giving something different to your meta? Um,
1: personally, I'm still not. Yeah, I don't know. Slanesh is sort of not not ever really interested me. Um, but yeah, it's locally, he about from
0: ETC
1: though. Um, yeah, I've got a couple of lists already for ETC I think um, <laughs> which don't involve slanesh, but. Uh, we do have a couple of local, we've got a local Slanesh guy who, um, our ex GW employee. So he's got lots of models. Um, so yeah, he might look at playing them a bit more and get those, those new things. But yeah, personally, uh, no for me.
0: <laughs> you can't be tempted from Nagash's grips. Nah, not at this stage. to asleep. No, I'm fine. And closed your eyes in dream, dreaming of Slanish,
2: <laughs> dreaming, of the, dreaming of those titties. Uh, Clint, what else have oh, we got? We should go with somewhere else. Um, while you talk about that, so
1: where are you, Clint? Are you interested in the uh, Slanish at all?
2: I think the um, the inventory models look really sweet. I think Sigval looks really sweet, but no, <laughs> it's yeah. yeah, I won't be picking them up. I i like them, but I won't be picking them up so. I thought,
0: I, thought a, I thought I'd give a quick shout out in Warhammer community as well. We did see uh, Ken Cron, Alex Cron himself, as well as our friends across the ditch. We do have uh, Jonathan as well. Uh, Julian, sorry, Julian, uh, Julian from New Zealand uh, as well. So they had a little bit of a article on Metal Watch when it comes to Carriage and Overlords. That was a cool article. Nice to see some of our our community members being highlighted on a global scale. I thought that was really cool.
2: Yeah. Yep. I um I gave that article a, a bit of a read as somebody who's picked up KO myself. Um, it was good insights. I did not know that there was a KO specific podcast. Which, uh,
0: <laughs> I, 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 yeah, shout out to the Aethercast boys. Uh, they're pretty cool. Lee Cron. Uh, there's about three or four of them I was like, they put out a lot of content for a carriage and overlords only podcast i know matt does night only um i know people are begging for like silver death maybe that's the that's the new style of content people will do specific to uh silver death, specific to slaves to darkness uh if you're thinking about getting into content maybe that's a place you want to go
2: i don't know but <laughs> they're doing they're doing it yeah. They're doing a great
0: job. Jeez, you guys are like getting blood from a stone sometimes. Get, like getting blood from a stone. Uh, we got a White Dwarf coming out this <sighs> month and um, it has spider rules. Um,
1: are you excited? You about this? Well, are you excited, Coach? You're the uh, Grotz player out of the three of us.
0: So, I was trying to open up so you guys can talk. Um,
1: Um, Sorry. Well, I honestly haven't. This is the first time I've seen this. So, um, it is exciting. You Um, got to.
0: Honestly, I
1: I hopefully, hopefully, they improve all the rules for the spiders and stuff because I I think that's a really cool army. Um, Jesse Perkins, one of the local guys here, he had spiders right from the start. And it used to be like, I used to play Manfred and skeletons. He used to play the spiders and shit, and we used to play like every week together. Um, and look, they used to be quite good back then. But it'd be nice to see some some good rules for them to make them more competitive and and see more of them on the table. Because I think, yeah, I think they're it's it conceptually. I think it's a really cool army. Um, like they've they've got the whole range. There's a whole range of you know, all their different spiders, the giant spider rider, your Arachnarox, you've got those, you know, the normal spider riders and all that sort of stuff. So I think it's um it's definitely definitely there for the taking, really. Like, it, it can be I, – I think it could be a really fun army. Um, Before just-
0: I go to Clint, like, what what, what do you think uh, or what would you guess or maybe what do you think might these rules look like? or um, well based on your games, even with Jesse, like, if you were going to update the, the rules, maybe – What's your what's your thoughts? Um,
1: I, I think they need some um, bravery bonuses. Uh, the fact that they're f- bravery four or something ridiculous, um, four or five. Yeah, I, look, that was the biggest issue with them back in the day. They'd just run away as soon as you hit them. Um, I know, I, I know, Grotz nowadays. That you've got a, a lot more access to CP and and being able to use inspiring presence. But um, I think yeah, bravery, maybe they do something like Skaven where, you know, you've got for every 10 models, you get plus two bravery or, you know, something like that. I don't know. Um, I don't know what they do there. But uh, look, I, I like the idea of the mortal wound aspect with the bites and and the stings or whatever it was and and the, and the stuff like that. So I don't know. It, it's it been a long time since I've played against them and seen them played. But, um, yeah, I, I just think... They could improve the rules for the Ragnaroks as well, make them a lot better. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a there's a lot there that can be done, depending on what happens, I guess, with with this release.
0: Have you seen the rules for Squeaks and trolls that have come out previously from White Dwarf?
1: Me, uh, I did with the uh, Boundergrotts. You know, the the uh, batane or whatever it was. block. Yeah, it, it was really good. It added. What was it? Plus plus one damage on the charge or whatever, and stuff like that. Um, I think that's huge. Like, it doesn't sound big, but when you've got damage one or whatever it is, and you're taking it to damage two, it's um you're you're doubling the output straight away, aren't you? So, um, even little things like that can be huge. Uh, maybe this they do something similar with the spiders, I guess. Uh, maybe they do mortar wounds in addition to a, their normal damage, or you know they do double damage as well on a six to hit or you know just there can be just little things that when you put it in a whole army it, it actually makes a huge difference um, yeah i don't know i think it could be could be quite interesting
2: i i think that they are you know with this one and the squigs and the trogs and things like that they're making the loon try and work for more than just moon clan grots which I think yeah. is really important. Like when you're making people buy that terrain piece, like I um, I was running, when I was running this, the old squig army and I had the loon shrine, it had the bravery bubble for the stuff that I left next to it. And then everything else on the table just ignored it. Like, because squigs no. aren't defensive, they're offensive. They're off over there. They don't care about the, shrine that's in my home quarter or whatever but making that work for the other parts of the army because gets is a weird sort of here are a couple of different distinct factions but let's not make them work together um yeah. so but i like that they're using white dwarf to to fix that and hopefully the spiders get um the buffs that they need from this white dwarf i haven't seen any rules um obviously because I don't think this is out yet is it? it's not out it's tomorrow? not it's not
0: out it's not out yet and Australia is delayed by about two or three weeks as well so the world seems to be getting wiped off a little bit earlier it might be shipping um so I've had to rely on leaks um I think I, I don't know when exactly we're going to get it um but I'm only hoping that we get some additional rules like I really like things like the Haven rules the new um Cities of Sigma Marathi book um and being able to maybe Deep Strike uh, outside of terrain pieces I think would be pretty cool. I think some type of thematic benefit. I think Squigs, they've done a really good job thematically uh, improving their weakness, being able to reroll their movement. Um, the, the, the Trogs, they've gotten some really cool rules as well. And hey, being able to bring back half a unit of Trogs as well from the Loon Shrine, it's pretty massive. I think the spiders, certainly I, I do feel for the spider players because they do have quite old hold models um, I think some of them, like, their heroes are fine cast and maybe even metal. So when you look at some of their sculpts, like, they're, they're in it for the love and the passion. Um, give them something cool, something thematic, something that gets them in the middle of the table. Um, so... They, they, uh, could, I, I think-
1: um, they could implement something along the lines of um, being spiders, webs, like they could make enemies neg one to hit or or not be able to retreat, you know, something, little rules like that.
0: Kind of like what the uh, the alapexes now do with the yeah, um, with the, the net.
1: net. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, I I think some 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 thematic rules like that, like being able to deep strike or teleport through terrain. Some type of you know because I think one of the challenges is is they're just not fast enough, and because they don't have a high armor, they don't have a lot of wounds except for the big spiders. Um, they are susceptible to die quickly um, unless you're really lucky or you know you've got a really good matchup. So. Um, I think either way, I'm really excited about these new Celestial Tomes or Tomes Celestial. Um, I think the only thing that's sad about it is that it probably means that the Gits won't get a lot of love in Broken Realms. Uh, maybe it's only the goblins that will get some type of, like, Rot and his goblins will get some love in Broken Realms. But considering I can't see Trogs, I can't see Squigs, I can't now see Spiders get a lot of love and they've had White Dwarf recently. That's my they thoughts.
1: They might also have a um, a battalion or two in there for them to get their drops down, um, stuff like that. So, who knows?
0: No, nah, either way, it looks really cool. A lot of cool stuff coming. Fingers crossed, spider players, and of course, we'll do a list discussion as well when it comes to spiders. And I think Clint, the last thing we've got to talk about is uh, obviously, obviously, other than the the topic of the the episode, but the last thing we've got is this thing. These uh, these. I was surprised. I will honestly say that when these uh, these, these battle boxes, these big Christmas boxes that we've been accustomed to every year, I, w- I didn't think we were going to get them. And I think I even said that on Wimer Weekly uh, with Vince and Tom. I'm like, I don't think we're going to get them. Um, or I didn't think we are going to get them because we were getting those little small little boxes in in partnership with Marathi.
2: Mm. Yeah, but we did. And they are definitely... Oh, we've lost Matt. Uh, definitely a mixed bag.
0: What, what do you mean by mixed bag? Like, is this? So, uh, so just, just for people who haven't seen this just yet, we've got ourselves a Zench one. We've got a KO one. We've got a Gloom Spite one. And we've got an Ogre one, as well as some on 40K ones. But, hey, this is not a 40K, 40K podcast.
2: Yeah. So the, um, the Zench one, it's awesome. It's got a lot of change in it. Um, but then he's paired with a bunch of mortals, um, which is interesting. Um, just interesting choices. Um, you got the Gordon Summoner in there as well. Uh, and then you've got the Ogre one has a, a gargant in it, um, which is you know, it's interesting. Um, but the Ogre one's like there's a lot of points in that one. I think it's like 1500 points or something like that. It's a ridiculous amount. Like for points, I think it's the best value, but on dollars, it is the least I think is what the breakdown I've seen. It's interesting,
1: um, um, too. The uh, out of those four boxes, I reckon three of those armies you're seeing in the top meta at the moment, too. Um, uh, and I and, and it looks like they're kind of added in the models that people aren't really buying for those top meta armies, so that's kind of interesting.
0: A, a s-
2: lot of the time, these boxes are like that, though, uh, like they sort of lean slightly into what's doing okay, but they tend to be you know what models aren't sort of selling.
0: It's interesting because you're right like when we start looking at things so let's look at let's look at the boxes we've got. The disciples of Zenchuan and you're right Lord of Change super popular but models aren't really being run at the moment and you know the only thing that I can think of right now is um, we've got updates coming through Broken Realms and uh maybe we're gonna have a focus not on the demons of Zench, but rather back to because the pendulum swings quite often. We we started with change host right at the start of the you know AOS one, then we moved to, you know, Skyfiers and Acolytes with their shields, and then we swung back to what we know now. And maybe the pendulum's gonna swing back to the, the mortal side of Zench.
2: I mm, I can't help but think you're giving them too much credit on that. I do think it's it's about stock levels. Um and putting together a nice box. That sorry, I'm going to be the, the pessimist for once. Um, so, but yeah, no, I I I I think you're giving them a, a touch too much credit if you're hoping that all these boxes tie into what's coming up. But we don't know. I, 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 what well, I'm trying to know. say.
0: We don't know. What I'm saying is like, like right now, it's it's probably not the best value. But in six months' time, we don't know the world we're living in. And if the pendulum swings again, if you sit on this box, you're actually potentially going to be in a good spot for the meta. Or maybe, maybe I'm completely wrong, and it's still going to be about change host. We just don't know with General's Handbook, with Broken Realms, with potentially AOS three, with potentially new Battle Tome. Yeah, I think well, that's my you, point. We just don't know.
2: Yeah, and oh, I, um, and look, in that particular box, you have got lots of zinch, lots of Zinch Marauders for your Slaves to Darkness too. So.
0: We've also got the so we got the KO, but go back to the ogres for a second. It's the same deal, right, Matt? You were talking about uh, ogres being strong in the meta right now, but it's the other side of the pendulum. It's the beast claw raiders that are currently strong, and not a lot of dad bod kind of uh, gut busters are currently doing as well as beast claw.
1: Out of that whole box, there, I think the only like competitive, like I'm not going to say the only decent thing. The only competitive decent thing is the iron guts. Everything else there is is not competitive in the current meta. Look, a, a unit of ten um, ogres uh, are, are can be competitive, but you know you've got your two, t- you've got your four. Um, what are the do du- the shooty dudes? I can't think of their name right now. Lead belchers. Uh, lead belchers. That's it. You got your four lead. But lead belchers are pretty useless. They're, they're horrible, to be honest. Um, and you've just got the lone gargant. Um, I don't know. Look. If you're going to go out and buy that box, if you're wanting to look, if you want wanting wanting to start an ogre, just an ogre, more tribes, I think this is probably a really good spot. Um, and you can actually convert a lot of those normal ogres into iron guts quite easily, because uh, with the iron gut sprue, you get quite a lot of extras. Um, I remember when I first bought my ogres uh, battle force box years ago, uh, you could. It it was a similar match, a similar actually box set to this without the Iron Blaster and the Gargant. Um, it's pretty much the same, uh, but you could you could change the ogres quite easily into Iron Guts, which made it more competitive. Um, but yeah, as you say, I think I think Clint sort of hit the nail on the head. They're trying to. It's almost like a a stock move on of uh, yeah, buy this army because it's the current meta, the more tribes, but. You're buying stuff that people aren't really using at
0: the moment. But let's let, in saying all of that, it was it last year that that IDK had the sharks in there. And I think everyone laughed at the idea except for Ben Spinetti saying, Why would I want a shark? Nobody wants a shark. And all of a I, sudden sharks are all the rage.
1: I bought that box. I got it. But um, everyone was
0: everyone was raging about the sharks. Like nobody yeah. likes sharks. Why isn't there more eels?
1: But they had the thralls in there, which were pretty good value actually when you're buying them in the box. So I think you actually got almost got the sharks for free in that box, um, and that's why I bought it. So I was wanting to buy an, uh, build an all thrall army, um, but yeah, that's fell to the wayside. I've still got the army sitting there waiting for it. I think this new book might make it good, but we'll
0: see. Um, and then finally, we have uh, the KO and the Gloomspite. So. Um, I'm not a fan of the, the Squeak, the, the squeak Trog one. I think if you are a Gits player, you're buying them to either go one of either ways. I, 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 I struggle to see, see a world where you put them both in a cohesive force because they don't quite work as well with each other.
1: Yeah, to me, from not being a, a player of that army, uh, that box set actually looks really cool. Like, it looks like a really cool um, project box. Uh, pers- I, I love the look of the squigs i've always loved them and those new trog models i just think are amazing like if i was to do and if i was to walk into GDub right now and buy a box set this size just for um hobby wise uh this would be what i'd buy personally um i just think it's i, I love i've always loved the models um but obviously yeah i, I don't know competitively they're probably not great but to look at i really like the look of them i think they're really cool
2: yeah it's it's definitely a this is really cool box not a this is how to start an army box unfortunately yeah. um or it is it's a how to start two armies box because you buy two of them and then you've got a trog army and a gitz army like
0: <laughs> yeah but wait when you get into gits you know you uh, probably army, be- Sorry you will be in a GITS army for a while. So by buying this box, you probably will go out and build a whole Squeak army. You will be able build a Trog army. You will probably build um, some GITS. So I think either way, I think they, they absolutely can work. Um, uh, if you, you probably find it challenging bringing them together as a cohesive force. But obviously we are talking from a competitive point of view. I think um, the... All four boxes are great, obviously for painting. You know, having a lot of changes, pretty sweet. Um, some interesting models coming out of the Ogre box as well, from a hobby perspective, uh, and then the Ko box as well. Obviously, they're doing quite well so, in the meta, and you get some of the sexy things.
1: With that Git's box, how, how many points roughly? That you reckon a
2: thousand? About five hundred. No. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I've just yeah, you've got it the,
1: guess. Tro- the Trog King or whatever he is. So yeah. I'm just thinking, like, just. You could buy two of these and have a 2k army. I'm sort of roughly thinking, like, um, and you could have a lot of fun with it, I guess. But yeah, as we say, competitively, you're
2: probably well, how many bounders are there? Is there 20 bounders or um, 15 nah, or something like So Isn't that's it, three, is
0: it 15? Six,
2: yeah. So that, uh, well, there's a law like a hero in there, so bounders are 100 for five. That's um, correct so yeah 300, that's 300, 300 points. points
0: plus a 100 for the loon boss um who's up at the front as well so that's 400 points uh yep. your regular trogs are 160 for three one 150 160 for three so you've got two there so there's another 300 ish points and then you Tali
2: 182 is in the chat helping us out immensely that's- just by throwing the throwing all the points at us all right either way I Thank think it's interesting
0: battle boxes there and
2: uh KO uh I can't I got nothing to
1: say about KO I don't
2: really know how they work so I mean with points wise and that so so KO KO is an interesting box because I think everything in that box is useful except for the fact that they put Brock in instead of the dude on dirigible suit um because gun haulers are awesome um the dudes, the Endron riggers or um Sky Sky Wildlands, Wildlands. whichever you want to build from that, they're quite useful in an army. Um, the frigate, most KO players are going to have a frigate at you know a frigate um, in smaller games and then an ironclad later on. Some people just have frigates. So it's pretty much all useful, especially if you're starting. Um, and I think Tom on Warhammer Weekly sort of expressed this as well. Um, but it's Brock that kind of kills that box, and I think it is the most expensive in Australia. It's at three fifty.
0: Yeah, okay, oh, these all different prices. Pre-
2: they are all different prices, which is really yeah, right. interesting as well. Because once gets, upon a time they are
0: the cheapest.
2: Yeah, I think, and the Ogre one are, 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 is fairly cheap as well. Um, but I okay. think you, I think you're almost better off buying two star collecting boxes, um, and you'll get some Thunderers as well. Um, so you won't get the frigate, but you'll get ten thunders, which are also useful. Um, you'll get your two gun haulers. You'll get your six uh, bubble boys. You'll get some uh, and endrin Ma- uh, endrin master uh, heroes as well. So, yeah, it's it's a weird box. Um, I yeah, I I wouldn't buy it personally, but I've just bought a ton of Ko. So,
0: <laughs> literally the day before, or the two
2: couple of days. Before literally, you it I think the day before they showed us what was in the box <laughs> gone and bought. Yeah. So.
0: Look, either way, it's, it's very, very cool. There's a lot going on. Uh, we obviously had some reveals as well with, um, is it a war cry or Underworlds. We started to see what's coming up. I think um, coming up in the next couple of months, people are still thinking vampires are coming. Um, who knows what's coming on? But it looks like there is, uh, as we lead up into potentially at least the next General's Handbook, at minimum, potentially Age of Sigma 3. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on, and who knows what's coming with Broken Realms. And uh, I guess the next, next six, to, six to nine months could be an interesting one. Absolutely. I know, it's keep, I know it's keeping me busy when it comes to lists as well. Like just trying to book in like five or six different list discussions just based off one bloody book. So
2: yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. Do we want to get into the main topic? Or do we want to start talking a little bit about... Because I think what, one thing that's really cool is um, is we are really lucky to get back into events. Um, this is the first time uh, since COVID really hit. So I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong... SAGT uh, was the last two-day match play Age of Sigmar event before COVID hit, and we've kind of started over the last couple of months. Having one day is having small store events. I know Brisbane's had a bunch. Sydney's had a bunch. I can see, Matt, you've tried to – I don't know if you've had them yet, but I know you've been trying to get your club meets back up. People are getting yeah. their club meets back happening, but we haven't actually had an official two-day match play event until the weekend just passed, which was in Canberra at Everwinter. Matt, you were going to say about your your scene.
1: Yeah, look, we've um, I think we've had about four months now of um local games days. So, yeah, we've we've been pretty good here. We we, I don't even know if we ever had a positive case locally with COVID. So, um, obviously we're still being COVID safe and that. But sure. yeah, yeah. Um, but no, we've been. We've been playing yeah for quite a while now, so which has been really good. We've been getting some good numbers um, for such a small community. So um, we we obviously mix ours in with with the 40k guys as well, just to just to boost numbers and get everyone around. So no, it's been um, it's been really good. It's we were meant to have one in the middle of this month, but I think I'll cancel that because it's just too hard with Christmas and there's always something on this time of year. So
0: and shout out to talia who reminded me that we actually had two large events last month uh, last weekend we also had uh, a perth one i think it was battle masters as well happening at the same time so um we actually had two two um match play events happening last week and i know they're starting to come back on the calendar they're slowly creeping in there's a couple in march there's one in December. Uh, I, I know there's talk about potentially replacing CanCon because obviously that's been cancelled into a couple of smaller events. I know in Sydney, it's- at least, my Moab venue is looking at trying to do some type of match play mini tournament.
2: Well, actually, on on the, that subject, uh, GoldCon is being run by Simon Hall on the CanCon Weekend. Mm-hmm. Which will be, I think, sixty-four players or something like that. So he's literally just put the Facebook up event up this weekend. So, yeah, full swing in yeah, to yeah. Uh, to events back. Yeah,
0: SAGT is coming back. Vic Vic GT is taking the place as well because um, because of venue venue restrictions. They obviously, you know, sold out very quickly. in SAGT uh, and Vic GT is picking up the slack.
1: Yeah, super quick. Um, it just goes to show how keen people are getting. Uh, to get back to events. Um, I think Adelaide's SAGT was sold out within seconds. Um, what was it, 50-odd players or something? So, uh, yeah, just under yeah. 50. But, yeah, so um, for, yep. for something to sell out that quick, it's pretty pretty amazing that people are wanting to get back and play games. and.
2: Well, do I everything. think it, I think it sold, like, for this time last year when they were selling tickets for, you know, the 2020 event, I think it sold out within an hour. So you combine that minutes, with I think it was yeah so you combine that with now people not having played since the last SAGT people yeah. were bloody on it yeah I, th-
0: I think it was who was it I saw it on Twitter someone had responded I think it was I can't think of who it was on, on Twitter but they made an interesting point they're like um, the age of Sigma community feels like like a a wound, a wound up coil right now. And, like, the minute these mm. events kind of just come up, they're just so much energy. It's just boing. Everyone's just jumped out and just grabbed tickets as quick as possible because they're just so keen. They're so eager. They've been either not able to play. I know for myself I had uh, America lined up I didn't go to. Um, I was going over to Notorious GT. I know I was going up to the Runax team tournaments, hopefully. Briz uh, Hammer I was going to go to. There was, like, literally six events. So the minute a v- event came up, like Everwinter, I jumped at it immediately. And uh, SAGT, I was going to jump at it immediately. So I think that's just generally where the community's at, and they just want to roll dice. But we had the opportunity, we were really fortunate to actually roll dice um, this weekend.
2: Yeah. He means you, Max.
0: I'm just opening it up. To people. Oh, I thought you were about to lead on with something, dude. Um,
2: <laughs> Smooth. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah,
1: we uh, went up to Canberra. Um, I took the family up, actually, and we went up early and spent some time with my uh, brother-in-law and his his wife. Um, but, yeah, and then uh, come along to Saturday morning, It was I was actually really nervous. It was like a game before. It was like getting ready for a football grand final or something. And, uh, yeah, it had been so long that I hadn't played a tournament since uh, CanCon. Uh, start of the year so nearly 12 months really uh, when you work it out so yeah it was very exciting Um, and as far as lists went uh, when I watched the list review show it was probably one of the toughest tournaments I've ever been to to be honest Um, the some of the lists that were there were just bang on they could have won any tournament in the country I think um so the fact that they're all at one tournament uh yeah it was a very very tough tournament to go to. Um but yeah it was hosted by M- Michael Thompson. He's recently moved down from Rockhampton. <laughs> um and he's moved down for work and other reasons and uh he was keen to get get an event up and running. Uh, I think he organized it quite a few months ago. Uh I remember him telling me about it. I think, it, oh, geez, it would have been five or six months ago he organized it, and I just told him he was mad. I said, what's the point? And I said, you won't get an event. It's not going to go ahead, obviously, with COVID and all that sort of stuff. And uh, he said, oh, we'll give it a try. And, yeah, for, he. Uh, it, it was actually very lucky, like all the uh, measured guys, all the Victorian guys, we only had the – oh, I'm New South, but I live on the border. We only had the border restriction, the border – uh, was only opened a week before. So, if that had been delayed one more week, none of those guys would have been able to make it. So, and there was
0: probably 25% of the field was measured because I think it was a 40 player, it was like 36 in the end. I think there yeah. was at least 10 measured boys at, the oh, at least. Yeah. So, that, yeah, that's, yeah at least 25% would have just disappeared with one border restriction.
1: Exactly. So, yeah, it was, uh, it took big kahunas to, uh, give it a crack and, um, yeah it all uh it all went smoothly um i think i don't i don't recall hearing anyone complain about anything as far as the event went so that was all good um but yeah everyone was just i think everyone was just keen to roll dice everyone was happy everyone was excited um and obviously some people had been working on these armies all year trying to get them out and play with them so yeah it was a good time um so then we yeah we got there Saturday morning on the round one I guess.
2: Um, so, were there was there anything um, interesting in the pack that's perhaps a little bit different from normal? I know um, Michael likes to Michael puts a lot of thought into the scenario, like into the battle plans and what he wants out of them, and and um, like he did a he because um, he does the Northern Perspective podcast or did. Um, you know, he had an entire episode that was just on battle plans. And, and so, like, I know he would have put a bit of thought into those. And is there anything else, any different objectives or any sort Sorry. of interesting scoring or something from the event?
1: The the scoring actually was very interesting. It was very uh, different. Uh, so, and I don't know how he worked it all out, but um, for a major win, you got a 1,000 points like it was... A thousand points. I don't know why it was a thousand and not just ten or something, but it was a thousand. Um, if you got a secondary, it was worth 150 points. Um, if you got two, it was worth three, 300. Uh, you also uh, you didn't get points for denying your opponent's um, secondaries, like in other events, uh, so that was different as well. Um, as far as battle plans went, they're all pretty good except total commitment. I hate total commitment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I had a lot of chats to uh, Michael before the the thing, saying how much I hate total commitment. I'm like, "Night Haunts not that good as it is, and you're just ruining my how my army works." I'm "Um, but don't, and he don't take deep
0: striking. Hey, just don't take deep striking." Yeah, well, I yeah. <laughs> and, um, and for anyone who wants to know what those scenarios were, they were total conquest, scorched earth, focal points, total commitment, forcing the hand in that order.
1: Yeah. Um, And interestingly enough, he left out Blade's Edge because I've played a few games with him on Tabletop Simulator and he hates Blade's Edge. Uh, I think that's the reason he left it out. Um, But, yeah, I I think the battle plans were all pretty good personally. Um, So, yeah, it was nothing out of the ordinary there, I guess. uh, What was it? Four out of the five battle plans were only nine-inch deployments. Uh nine of oh, the way. Sure. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. They were
0: quite sure. I, I got to they were very favorable for some armies, and it probably explains why we saw a lot more probably destruction armies that we would normally see. When you look at the list submission, it had a higher representation of destruction than any tournament I've been to. Uh there was no Daughters of Cain, there was no Eisenhow Deepkin there was there was there was one seraphon army and it was more of a um it wasn't the the magical um uh coal starborn it was a coalesced force um so I think it was a very interesting meta very heavy shooting heavy destruction um but it was yeah I, I think the two other things that i noticed that were quite interesting was that uh the rounds were only 2 hours and a half and uh, i know some people were struggling to Um, to to get their games done. And I think maybe we're just out of our our match fitness uh, from a deployment point of view and just kind of getting our games done. Some people are still okay. Some people are struggling a little bit. And I Um, think
1: the the fact that – so as you can see in the background there, the table's – I don't know, they weren't really in any order in particular. So when you were assigned a table number, um, the first round we didn't even have numbers on the tables. It was just Michael's like, yeah, that's number one, that's number two, that's number three. And we had to try and find our way there. But um, yeah, we. I think my uh, might have been Chris Welfare, wrote out some numbers and chucked them on the table. So, but in that two and a half, what I was getting at it, that two and a half hours, um, in that time limit, you had, you had to read your matchup on the board. You had to find your table, had to get to it, uh, set up, start setting up your army. You probably game time. You might've had maybe two hours if that for a game. Um,
2: that's Which, not a lot of time, especially like not. considering it's it's some people's first tournament back in oh, quite a long time. But, yeah,
0: nine to four months. Like,
2: yeah. I think
1: um, personally my first game, I think we, we were pushing for time and we we're in turn three. Um, I had to buy round two. Round three, same thing. I think we only got to the end of turn four and I'd nearly wiped his whole army. Like So like turn three and four were really quick anyway. Um, and even t- game four was the same. I, I think we only maybe got to end of round three, uh turn three. So, um, yeah, I, I found like I'm not normally a, a slow player um, and I don't really have a slow army. I know how it works. I know how to play it quite quick. But I that's, found not, that's not what I've
0: heard. That's what I thought on the internet. <laughs> try, the, other, the, other, the, other, the other thing that I thought was quite interesting, I don't know if it was if it was good or bad, it was just different. Is that Michael had the top, the to had restricted the auxiliary objectives? So instead of it being I th- was it 18 is currently auxiliary objectives, it was yeah. s- selected to a specific 10. Um, so Michael had handpicked 10, it was only those 10 you could choose from. And I know some feedback from some players is they felt very hamstrung based on their army being able to 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 meet the ten uh, that were available to them. So um,
1: the other issue there was there was no there was no way of keeping track of secondaries either. Like you could literally just play the same secondary every game and no one would know. Like it was kind of weird that you didn't put it in. Um, and I think um, that's not a bad thing. Like I'm not. I think the tournament overall was really good, um, and I think Michael had a little bit of trouble with um, the event tos as well because that the, they said they'd take over and do. They knew how to use tabletop. Um, what's it called? Tabletop. To. Tabletop. To. Tabletop. To. Um, they knew. How, they said they knew how to use it. Blah blah blah. And end of first game, we were stuck standing around waiting for them to sort it all out because they sort of didn't know what they were doing and. Um, so, yeah, he sort of got a bit blindsided by that, which was not Michael's fault at all. Um, and so that kind of put us a little bit behind time there. But we still had the same amount of round time. But, yeah, I think round rounds could have been a little bit longer. Um, I know a couple of players thought they could have won their games if they had one more turn um, and stuff like that. And you don't really want... You don't want that from a tournament. You don't want to get... You know, you don't want that feeling in your guts that, you know, if you played one more turn um, that you could have won. You you want to know that you lost fair and square, I guess. Um,
0: I think think the feedback is for TOs who are listening to this is that uh, potentially think about how you can simplify um, your first tournament back and start thinking about that the the world that we came from isn't quite the world we're currently in so maybe look at giving at least you know round one maybe have run round two a little bit extra time as people are getting back into the rhythm because certainly game three game four game five you're certainly in your groove you're faster you know what you're doing uh your auxiliaries are now being reduced so uh something to keep in mind potentially but Uh, It was a great tournament, in my opinion. Got to meet some cool players, got to play some great armies. The tables looked good. There was terrain on the board. You didn't have to worry about that. It was air-conned sometimes. Um. (laughs) So, as you can
2: see, (laughs) if
1: if you look at that picture there on the screen right now, um, Magro was right over the other side up against a nice, cool wall. But if you were playing on the top tables, you were against that window and it was something like 35, 36 degrees uh, outside. Mm. So it was just like a, a radiant heater just pushing through that big
2: glass wall as you're trying to play. That's That sounds like the best reason I've ever heard to be in the middles. <laughs> like, in the bottom tables? It, yeah, in the middle know? of the bottom, just away <laughs> from that heat and near the aircon.
0: James Mabry right there in that photo is living his best life being in the middle, being away from that window. <laughs> Uh, No, it was was really cool. Um, It was great to see how things had changed, but also how things were different. Um, So I had five games. Matt, you had four games, and we'll explain a little bit very soon why you only had four. Uh, Spoiler alert, Matt ran away and was crying after his first game, and that's why uh, we had to kind of bring him back and, like, give him some candy and some tissues. But, Clint, you you take back over. Sorry, I I... (laughs) I'd I just, I just, I'll just throw a shade
2: at Matt. Just, just <laughs> laughing. So, uh, what uh, was the round one, uh, scenario again? Total conquest. Thank you. I knew there were two totals. So, um, the tables look all right. Like, um, yeah, there's a terrain
1: and stuff like that. This one was probably the least terrain out of all my games. This was in a, <laughs> we were in a private room in a back room. Ooh. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of a bit weird, but, um, yeah, I, my first game um I was matched up against martin brooks and his more tribes uh at, people know him as pask um and well, now I, it just
2: ruined his secret identity so
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so i knew it was always he's got three stone horns um and i knew any other battle plan i i could almost guarantee i would have won the game not guarantee it but i think i would have had a really good chance of winning the game Uh, With this battle plan, only having four objectives, if you take the objective back, you get an extra point. If you're a hero, you get an extra point. So when you've got Stonehorns that are heroes and worth ten models, um, it's always uphill battle. Uh, And I think uh, after he gave me first turn, uh, I moved up the board. I charged in with my spirit host because they're they can they're only only eighteen inch apart. So got the charge off. Killed a few Mournfang, got some Haridans in there as well. Uh, his turn one, he sort of hit back, did a few things, and then it just kind of went back and forth. In my turn two, I think I left one Stonehorn on one wound and the other one on two, and that kind of what lost me the game. If if both of those Stonehorns had, had died my turn two, I would have won the game. Um, but spoiler alert, he, uh, <laughs> he went on to win the game. He just sort of had the had the the numbers and the wounds left in the end to push through and take the objectives back off me and and score the the bonus points and the extra points so um it was just oh no excuse he played really well um i don't want to downplay martin at all he's a great bloke um great opponent he played really well uh i just i just feel it was just it was just a bad matchup uh battle plan wise for me um and made it really hard. But it was, points-wise, it was really close. Like, I think it was 15 to, uh, I think, 20 or something in the end. But that, once again, we only played, like, three. <laughs> what do you say? Yeah, so that's right. He, uh, I moved Olander up, had a pretty good screen in front of her, but I was within 18 inches of the uh, Butcher, and he cast them all. And then he kept kept rolling four ups, kept rolling four ups. He did, like, five... I think after saves he'd done five mortal wounds and then to Lady Olna she only had two left and then he did the two um the two bird mortal wound attacks to her and finished her off. So yeah, the fact he got really lucky there, uh, that also sealed the game for him as well. If she was alive after turn one, uh would have been a lot different. So but anyway, he uh yeah, hats off to him. He played really well and he came away with a major win.
2: Fair enough. Probably not the start. If, if I recall in our ETC chat, you were sort of feeding back how you were going, and I don't think you were, like, not not unhappy, but you, it's not the start that you would have hoped for. Yeah. So, it, As I said earlier, I went
1: to the event wanting to do, do well with nighthorn and out of all the lists and armies, uh, more tribes weren't the one I was worried about. Um, I was more worried about Ko and Zinch, uh, change hosts. So to to lose that first game to an army I wasn't really worried about is kind of does put you on the back foot a bit. And um, but it, it happens. It's a dice game, and you know that's why we play. It's it's fun.
2: Yep. And then your round one coach have big yeah. things on stuff. Is that, so it's is interesting
0: that much because it, it, it's funny because um, the first round was what I call the AOS Coach Discord Cup because uh, Matt Terrell played a Discord player so Pask I got matched up with one of another person in my Discord I got matched up with Toral Black AKA Jonathan Burns uh, and I believe. Uh, Craig Anderson got matched up with Joel Graham, who's another Discord uh, player. So there's like at least three, if not four, Discord matchups, which was either reflective of my Discord or just really unlucky to get matched up. But, um, so I played my Gargants, my sons, uh, t- playing take a tribe and I was up against cities of Sigma. Uh, it was a gray water fastness, but make no mistake. It wasn't the, uh, the war machine that you think it was Phoenix guard. It was iron drags. It was bridge. It was the, uh, it was your stabby, stabby sorceress with her stabby, stabby friends. Um, a couple of gyrocopters and a knight venitar, which I thought was interesting. I thought he would go a knight as Xeros, but he went uh, with a Venitar instead for the uh the once per game shot. So um I I didn't win that one. Um I don't know why my camera's doing a weird autofocus right now. Um so I didn't win that one. Uh what happened was I ran up the board. I, I won I won the, the deployment. I thought I'd go first. I run up the board as quick as possible, hoping uh for a um for a charge uh unfortunately couldn't get the charge off the dice weren't oh no actually i I got the kraken eater into the uh iron breakers in that was the only charge i got off um and i was able to delete uh three quarters of the unit i think there's only three or four left in in the first turn um but really what i was trying to mostly do was tie up the battlefield and deny as much space as possible for those um, the the bridge with the iron drags with the warden king and the rune lord, that combination I wanted to deny as much space as possible and try to score as early as possible. Unfortunately, it got doubled. Um, and while we we're going back and forth, and I was up on victory points, I lost it in turn four. When eventually the bridge did go off in turn three. And then uh, each turn he was able to delete a Mega Gargant and a Man Crusher with one single unit of Iron Drakes. So, yeah, it was just point, click, point, click. So uh, by the end of turn, yeah, so I was up and it was just like holding for de- Anyone who's played Gargants, you get the lead up early and you're just going to hold out as long as possible. Uh, and unfortunately, turn four, uh, it was just the time that I lost all of my body. So um, I was really impressed considering uh, the matchup and um i would have liked to have done better certainly jonathan played a good game um we had a lot of fun i'd like to kill a whole bunch of things but it was just that shooting was always going to be tough the um my kraken eater ignores rend one so i was hoping that the prayer wouldn't go off to turn those iron drakes into rend minus two and every time they did um so it was just like uh, with all with, with all the re-rollings to hit uh, and the Ren minus two and the big damage from the rocket launchers and all that stuff. It was just like, it was just, uh, it was a tough matchup there. There was very little I could have done other than get into combat early or get a double turn and uh, really tie up those iron drags into combat.
2: Yeah, they're pretty tough.
0: Yeah. Look, look, I think, I think lesson learned. I think they, they look, I made it really tough. Um was able to chew through basically the Phoenix Guard unit, chew through uh, a whole bunch of his army, uh, but. With some of the mobility from the venetar I think there was one gyrocopter, and it was just that it was finally getting those iron drakes in the center of the board and just click boom-click boom click boom. Uh that was that I stopped it until turn three, and then come turn three, turn four. It was those two turns that went from me winning to me losing. Yep. So um that no, was a good game. It was a good game. So both Matt and I are on zero-one.
2: <laughs> Okay. So then you did army voting.
0: Yeah, we did. We did. So we had army voting and I was surprised, Matt, I don't know what you thought, but there wasn't nearly as many people putting up for their army. So it was the coolest army voting. So um, everyone could self nominate and put their own army up on uh, up for display. And there was, there wasn't that many, there wasn't that many, there wasn't many display boards in general. Um, And there wasn't many people who put up their boards. Um, Matt, I, I don't know. Did you notice that? Or were you just
1: smashing a yeah, uh, pizza? Uh, uh, no, I, I missed out on lunch because uh, our game went to time and the time I actually got out and everyone had eaten lunch. So um, I think there was probably more than you... Th- I think everyone had sort of set their army up just on their table. But as you say, I don't think... There, there wasn't many display boards. I think um, there was maybe one or two other display boards in, the, in this photo. Um, but yeah, it was... The, yeah there wasn't many there was no display boards apart from these couple and then um, yeah people had just thrown their ar- army together on a on a like I just threw mine together on the um, my transport table thing and sat it on the on top of my game table and just left it there um, but yeah I don't know it was I think people were just there to play I don't think they were too too worried about um, hobby uh, i don't i certainly uh, don't I think, think you don't. Could pro- yeah, you could probably see it from the um, even from just list reviews and stuff like the list that were that were put in. It was more of a more of a get out and play competitive games sort of tournament than um, than a than a say like a CanCon, uh tournament where you see a lot of hobby armies and project armies and stuff. So yeah, you're right. There wasn't a lot there as far as this this the coolest army went
2: because this is yours, Anthony, and is that. James, James Mabry, Mabry.
0: yeah. yeah. So two. the ones that I recognised being up were Chris Welfare, uh, James yeah. Mabry and myself. Um, I did see other people uh, set up their army, but I think one of the challenges with tournaments and, again, maybe a lesson for TOs out there is to create a designated space so everyone knows where to set up their armies. I think when you tell somebody, and not that Michael told us this, but it's just when you don't have the designated space, people just set up their armies where they are and if you are hiding in the corner if you're hiding somewhere you're not quite in a a walkway it is really hard to know whose armies are actually up for display and whose aren't so by having a designated area a couple of tables uh even if it means you going around shortlisting, if you if you're restricted on space i think that for me is important so everyone has the same I know when when I've done my events as well sometimes you've got really wonderful spaces where it's easy to see with lots of light sometimes really dark so again comparing armies between light and dark you know you don't get to see the details so um, but yes, on the left is my army. Um, I have been working, I mentioned Armies on Parade. It was something that I wanted to give a shot. Uh, if I get shortlisted, I'll be super happy. Uh, disappointed that I didn't get the, the, the display board that I wanted. Uh, the resin was still curing, so I couldn't do the final touches on my my, my display board. But overall, uh, James Mabry and I tied. I think James has got a really awesomely painted army. So I'm glad and honoured to be to have sh- shared uh, coolest army with James.
1: I think yours uh, Yours looked really cool. I think I mentioned to you actually on the day that because um, the resin was still drying, it looked like it had like chunks of snow floating in the water. And because your army's all like light blue, like they're frozen, I said, Oh, that's a pretty cool idea. And I think I mentioned it to you that uh, I knew you'd put a lot of stuff in the water, like um, like fish and all that. And I'm like, Oh, by putting all this ice on the top, I said to you, you "You've hidden all the stuff in the water." And then you turned to me and said, "Yeah, it's not—it's not actually how it's meant to look." And
0: I said, "Oh, okay." So yeah, the resin's still curing. I, I did, it's still curing, unfortunately. So it means I couldn't buff and polish the um, the the side, uh, which meant that I couldn't quite see. But there was like a treasure chest. There was a part of a boat in there. There was fish that um, I'd used from a uh, like an idolon, and there was uh, there was two yeah. stingrays, aka screamers, and. Whole so bunch of stuff that uh, look, I'm happy. <laughs> got the smoke machine happening, so kind of did a, bit, a little bit of MacGyver and had like a remote controlled, uh, USB powered um vape machine that was powering up some smoke. You can kind of see in the, the bottom pictures the smoke kind of coming out of the the house. So, uh, I officially submitted the time is on parade on Monday, so um, I took some yeah. nicer photos, but that's you that was my display board.
1: Kind of looked like a um, a Viking esque village that was yeah in winter with the the snow and like the the ice in the water um, but yeah no it was really cool you you've done a good job.
0: No, thanks. The, the story that I had was, um, there's a, there's a little Island or a little part in actually, uh, which is very frost, um, despite it being the realm of fire, it's very frosty. And I always had in my mind that my gargants would be very Viking-esque. I wanted to draw from the Vikings and, uh, After this event, I'm gonna do uh, some tattoos. I'm gonna do more work on my gargants. But um, I wanted to draw from like a Viking raiding aesthetic, and knowing gargants go in and and raid villages anyway for for cows and you know people, Um, that was the kind of the vision I wanted to have them raiding a town as opposed to what you normally see, which is them in their home, them in their city, them in you know that's where most people put their display board. You know, I wanted it in more of an invaders territory. So. Um, yeah. That was the story I went for. Yeah,
2: that's cool. It makes sense. And you'll be able to use that display board again, like once your resin cures and you do get to buff it out. People will be able to see all the cool bits and pieces that you put in there. So,
0: yeah, that'll be this year's display board. But I'm already starting to think about my armies on parade 2021, which hopefully will be my CanCon 2022, being that January is CanCon for for those. Um,
2: Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Who knows? Uh, but my second game was against Jono uh, uh, Ingler or Inger. Um, He was playing Carriage and Overlords in Scorched Earth. And my gosh, was that a tough matchup. Um, straight up, it's, it's tough because you are getting bonus points for burning your opponent's uh, objectives and the ability to fly high and just literally pick up your model and go into enemy lines and just burn where you want to burn. Um, and being that I've only got really six drops, Uh, I don't take up a lot of board space. It's hard to attack and defend with Gargans. Uh, If Mm. I just sit on my objectives, I'm not going to score maximum points because I'm not getting my opponent's uh, objective points. Um, And if I just sit on my home objectives, it's going to shoot me off anyway. So I had to go attack. I had to get in. um, And unfortunately, again, very similar to game one, uh, I lost it in turn four. I was up, I was up, I was up. But it was those little sneaky gun haulers who were able to retreat and then kind of pick up, drop, and then start burning. And because they've got a lot of heroes, little small heroes, uh, you did get extra points as well. So um, that just, again, turn four, uh, it was just became too hard and um, I ended up losing it. So uh, a really good game. Um, but I was just get, uh, going up against two shooting armies back-to-back. Uh, I felt was just really unlucky.
1: It, um, I, I watched a fair bit of this game. And uh, it didn't help that first turn you ran everything off your own objective, so you didn't even, you didn't oh, even score. I didn't score them. You didn't even score uh, points. So you were f- you were four points down, turn one, because you just uh, obviously, as you say, you had to move up the board. But
2: have to do something, yeah.
1: Yeah, you had you probably had a couple of gargants. You probably could have left back and um and and just score those points because at the end of the day, points are what win you this game. But um, yeah, it was a hard, it was, as you say, it's a hard matchup with we shooting. You've got to get across the board and, and all that. But um,
0: yeah, I was, I, think- to, I was hoping to get in and do enough damage that I could stop them from flying high. And, yeah. and by doing that, I would then be able to deny. Um, I just didn't get the rolls that I needed. It was really risky. I just thought I would be able to, that was going to point click delete a, a Gargan off anyway. So I thought I had to be really aggressive. Um, got to bet every right, to win heavy. Like, uh, look, I could have sat there. I don't know if the outcome would have changed. Um, Did you have choice I'm, the
1: first turn? Or you don't remember.
0: I don't recall. I don't recall if you had a battalion or not. So, if you had choice,
1: um, you your choice would have been to go second. Um, that way, you're scoring. You've got you've got hold of the objectives, and then you can then run up the board, and you're still holding them. Um, and yeah, and you're playing for a double turn. Then you're playing for a double as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you had the choice. So I wasn't,
0: um, he had, he had the setup, you know, he had the ironclad, yeah, yeah, had the double, yeah. the double, I, I just, I, I knew that he'd go up and then just delete, delete one or multiple units and knowing the, the really rubbish armor saves, um, I, I, I still think it was the right call. Um, yeah. I don't know if I would change it because it was really close. Like I said, I was up. Uh I had some really rubbish attack rolls into the iron the ironclad. And then Johnno even said up himself, he's like, look, you know, you were really unlucky with some of those attacks. And if those more of those attacks went through um the ironclad wouldn't have been able to fly high, which had yeah. the uh the um the, the ad, uh, admirals, the, uh the admirals, the the in there. He had the balloon boys attached. Like I would have been able to delete them, but it's a dice game, it's out it rolls. Yeah. Um Love to do a sliding doors and watch myself and see how I would have gone if I would have sat there and, and took it. And, you know, maybe I'm overestimating the damage output of KO. Uh, but just seeing what those boats can do when you've loaded up with the balloon boys, when you loaded up with, with um, boys on the ship, um, I know they've got that serious output of damage. Yep.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. So might talk about my round two. Uh, you put, there's no photos of it. Uh, so yeah. what happened was, cause I'd, lost my first game, Um, I was down the bottom of the ladder and I got matched up against the buy buster, which was um, Michael Thompson. Uh, And when we got to the table, I'd set it all up. He'd been doing stuff and he rocked up and he sort of just said to me, he goes, oh, you know, whatever happens here, um, you'll get the win because I don't want to, being a buy buster, I don't want to take the win off, off anyone. And I said, oh, look, if that's the case, I said I've I've been playing tons of games lately. I said I don't I don't really need the the practice or I don't really need to to play a game if I don't have to. And um, so we he said, oh you're sure? Like, I said yeah. I'll just help you out with whatever you need help with for the turn. So, look, at the end of the day, I was getting the win whether I played or not. So I said, well I, I'll just have the I'll have the time off and I'll get get around the other tables. And that got me a chance to check out Coach's game and. And it was actually really good to be able to walk around and just see how other games were going. So um, that's why my, yeah, my round two was a non-event. But I think personally, I I preferred to do it that way because at the end of the day, um, what's the point of rolling dice for two and a half hours if you don't have to, if I've been playing lots of games recently anyway with that army. Um, And yeah, so... Uh, and he was happy to do that and I was happy to do it. So that's what happened with uh, my round two. Um, yeah. So then we went on to round three.
2: Would have been good to just have photos of you just like lounging back in the chair <laughs> and like having a drink. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting because when you do go walking around, you know, when your game's over and you go walk around and see what other people are doing, it's normally towards the very end and the outcome's either determined or you're at that clutch moment. But, Matt, you probably would have been able to see the early momentum building and seeing the mistakes, seeing the deployments, seeing the those really critical priority roles early in the game or, you know, whatever yeah. it might be. And it's those little clutch moments that make a huge difference to the outcome. So... Um, was, I imagine uh, that would have been a different experience.
1: There was uh, one game in particular. Uh, it was James Maybury. He'll hate me talking about this, but um, I, I rocked up, and it was I think it was turn two, and he had Lady Hollander and he had eight uh, memo and Banshees, and his Guardian of Souls, and they were they're all nine inches away from um, Tyson Gleason's Magmadroth, like the hero, and he had to kill that hero that turn, and he, he's rolled um, he's rolled the the War Scroll spell for Lady Olinda that makes a unit neg one to hit makes you plus one to hit him. He's like, oh, it goes off. He puts it on the Magma Droth and he's like, I'll cast Shame miss And he casted it, went off. He ch- casts it onto his uh, Mere Morn. And what was the other spell? Oh, uh, one of the, Oh, Soul Cage. So it makes a unit fight last. So he casts that on the Magma Droth as well. He's like, oh, this never happens. This never happens. I never get everything <laughs> oh, no. off. Anyway, I'm like, oh, this is cool. And I was sort of watching him and I walked off. And um, I came back and he's in the combat phase and these the Mirmorn Banshees were still 9 inches away and I said "What well, did you what happened with your Mirmorn? Like this was I waited till the next turn cuz I didn't want to interrupt that that actual turn." I said "So what happened last turn? How come how come you left your Mirmorn out? Like you you were saying how like you've just buffed them up to the 9s and like they're ready to go in to murder this Magmadroth." And he goes he just looked at me and goes "Oh no, they failed both their 9-inch charges." I said yeah, but they were already on the board. Why didn't you move them closer? And he's like, oh, yeah, they were too, weren't they? (laughs) So, stuff like that. It's just funny stuff like that that you see during a game that, like, I was standing there watching as he was, like, in that turn. I'm like, I'm watching him from afar and I'm just thinking, are you going to charge it? And, I'm not. I'm not going to say anything because it's not my play. I'm not going to step in and go. Why are not you charging them? Um, so yeah, it was. It was hilarious afterwards. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, I kind of fucked up there, didn't I? <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, as you say, coach, you do see, it. and even you. Like, I walked up to you after turn. I think it was the end of turn, the battle round one. And I said, how yeah. come? How come you didn't uh, leave your gargants on the objectives? And you're like. Oh, yeah. I didn't score anything that turn. <laughs> so it
2: was uh,
0: stuck. Yeah, want to you smash do. boats. I just want to smash <laughs> boats. Yeah, exactly. I, just want to smash. I, don't, I don't care.
2: Well, that's what your Kraken Eater does, right? He's already got the shipwreck. He just wanted more advanced <laughs> shipwrecks. He wanted shinier I ones.
0: just wanted to smash
1: KO.
2: Yeah.
1: And there was other, there was like, um, who is it? Corey Barhart's and. Uh, Tristan Smith were playing each other, so so measured teammates, and ah, oh, the salt was being thrown around everywhere in that game. Jeez, it was funny.
0: It yeah, I was... got there at the very end. It was on the the knife's edge when they were working it all out, and I'm like oh, <laughs> yeah. <we're> sit <sitting> here <laughs> yeah. quite ruined. It was hilarious to watch. It
1: was good, um, but yeah, moving on uh, on to round three.
2: Um, no,
0: excuse me. Clint, Clint tells us to move on.
2: Sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was just, I was just letting Matt get a roll on, seeing as he's <laughs> the guest. Yeah. So, Matt, what happened in round three? Who did you play?
1: Uh, so I had Jason, that territorial tar- Black, that um coach had round Jonathan. one. Jonathan. Jonathan. Um, I Can't even remember his name. No, one of his he's, opponents was Jason. Pro- yeah, next opponent was Jason. Um, so Jonathan, uh, he had that the city's list with the thirty iron drakes, um, and all the other goods and bits that you are already talking about
0: Rulod, bridge
2: 20 phoenix guard the, the, the shoot a shooting cities
1: list yeah. yeah yeah so um i didn't take a photo of round the first turn but i gave him first turn because i had less drops um and after the game i remember unbinding his bridge but he reckoned he he failed to cast it but anyway i uh, from my point of view he casted bridge on a Uh, I thought he'd rolled a five, which made it an eight because he got plus three, Uh, and Lady Islander rolled a nine to unbind it, uh, which meant that he wasn't doing much that turn. So he just castled up, moved everything back, Um, didn't do anything turn one. Uh, So that gave me uh, easy turn one to move everything up. I kind of, in this picture, you can see I stuffed up the deployment, uh, the move of my black coach. I sort of had it sideways there, Um, but I should have had it if I had it diagonally, it scores both because in focal points, if you have a behemoth within six of the objective, you get a bonus point. Um, black coach is long enough. It can be within two objectives. Mm. Uh, so I kind of stuffed up points-wise there. I only scored the one bonus. Uh, in the following turn, I just left it and turned it a bit to get the extra bonus points. Um but, yeah, I got everything up, got the unit of 10 Harridans up the middle and um, charged in. Because this was another 18-inch deployment, um, if I recall. So Harridans with uh, Spirit Torment, they're 11-inch moves, so I only needed a 7-inch charge. They charged into his little uh, whatever they are, Iron or whatever they are. Yeah, the Iron Breakers, yeah. Um, they did a fair bit of damage there. Spirit Host also charged up into his Gun Hauler, who he'd made the bait, I but I had to kill it anyway. Uh and then I got oh, I dropped down a few uh some haridans on the left flank there and I Kevin and um Morn on the right flank. Uh they all failed their charge in the first round but I won the double turn um and so as you can see there after the end of double turn like Curtis had got a 10 inch charge and he ended up in the middle of his iron drakes just swinging for the hills and wiping those dudes out um he had a lot of battle shock immunity which sort of um stopped all them running but yeah after my turn two it was it was you could pretty much call the game from there like it was i'd hit his hardest hitting unit and he i'd taken down his iron drakes from 30 down to about eight or something like that so he had no no real shooting left his phoenix guard um we were just in one big line you can see in that middle picture from my Haritans on the far left, right around to my spirit hosts on the right. So they were never really going to pump out a lot of damage just for that fact that they were so spread out. Um, So it kind of came down to, yeah, after a couple of turns, he sort of didn't have much left at all. Um, And then he got the bridge off and it was, it was round turn three and we'll run out of time and we'll just move and models around at the end pretty much. But, yeah, I think me winning the priority turn two is pretty much where the game ended. So I uh, got a really strong win. I think it was twenty nine points to maybe seven in the end, or something like. Like it was a yeah, fairly points, decisive. Yeah, it was unfortunate for him, but yeah, fortunately for me. Uh, I normally my army does normally do well against cities armies, just for the fact I've got the underworlds and stuff like that. I can get into them and time up. Um and, and, he, I, he re-
0: and he relies mostly on rend as opposed to yeah wound, those iron you just, drakes you just, la- you just laugh at
1: yeah exactly so um like he was even saying if he had got the bridge off and with his 30 iron drakes he said oh, i could have wiped out half your army but he doesn't realize that yes they're threes and threes or whatever re-rolling ones but you're still out of 60 shots you're probably only wounding maybe 40 um and with when i've got a four up save it's you're only doing twenty damage, um, so you really got to focus on one unit if you're going to shoot yeah. shoot at it uh, with Night Um So that's where kind of cities aren't as good as at Night as what they are against other units, other armies. But yeah, so that was a it was good to come from a buy have a have a loss turn one, have a buy turn two. Uh, it was good to get a strong win in uh, in round
0: three. So you end day one as one and two because your buy is a major win
1: yes so two and one yeah sorry that that's
0: for, yeah. uh, one loss <laughs> yeah. two wins that's I, not how we, that's uh, how we order yeah. things here.
1: yeah and mentally i was just one and one because i'd only played the two games but yeah on the as far as points goes i was two and one take the freebie
2: <laughs> all
0: right what
2: about your game three coach
0: i played uh fellow clubman uh craig anderson so he was running uh first off love craig and uh, i love craig because he's been running ever chosen See, ever since i've known forever. him forever he, he's yeah. run ever chosen when they had the ever chosen book so uh he's been running them og for some time now he's run Archeon for some time now um and for the first time ever, I got to play against Dark Prophecy, which is the rule that allows uh, Craig to basically spend a command point and he rolls a dice under a cup and he, will, he and he alone will know if I win priority or if he wins priority. So I've never played against it. Um, I don't know if you guys have played against Dark Prophecy yet, but it was yeah. a really interesting experience.
2: I, I played against the first version of it when it was in the ever like that style of thing when it was in the Everchosen book. I'd also like to comment that Craig's probably still playing his Arcan and Varenguard list, you know, from forever ago to get the invest like to get his return on investment out of spending so much on Varenguard, like so, 170 bucks for three. Like he would have spent so much money on this army, and he's got to keep playing it just to make make it worth it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no dark prophecy uh, is quite good. It, yeah. it is. Look, I've played it
1: uh, quite a lot against it, and um, as good as it is, you know what they've what they've rolled. Like if if they I, roll, I guessed it every
0: time, I guessed it every time. I looked well, at face and I called yeah. it. Every it's time. It's not
1: even that. It's just the way they play. Like if if they know they're getting the priority, they're run. You watch them; they'll move everything up the board. Like. If they know they're losing priority, they they hold their army back because they know I'm not getting the next priority, so I want to negate as much from my opponent as possible. So eh, as good as it is, I think it is, um, yeah, they do sort of, um, you sort of do know what they've rolled.
0: Uh, I didn't say it was good. I just said that was my first experience. Yeah. It, it, it was good, and it was fascinating, and it was awesome to play poker face with him. I, I looked at Craig every time, and I would just say, after he rolled the dice, he looked at the cup, and I'd say, you want it. I want it. And every time he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every time, uh, if, every if time. If it was
2: me, I'd have just said, I, I'd have just thrown you off every time. Oh, i just lied, lied. Just lied yeah. to you. He might he have. Spent- it was but good it was- they
1: FAQ'd it too, because it used to. Um, I'm pretty sure you used to be able to play it that you'd spend the command point, you'd roll it, and if you knew you were losing, then you could actually roll for priority. But now it's like once you choose it, you have to take it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it was it was great. It was it was it was interesting because it was just like. You just don't know. You have literally no control. Uh, but it was a fascinating game. You know, Craig um, brought, brought some interesting things to the table. Like not only was it Archeon's and Vanguard, he brought a big unit of 24, 28. Uh, I don't know the maths exactly how it works out, but it was a big block of iron golems. Um, the Warcry Warband, I've only ever played against them in in like a, 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 a MSU style, but he literally had a massive block of them um, and, he you know, he used Archeon to teleport them um, up in the front and kind of try to seize the middle objective while his varen guard were kind of coming around the flanks and then Archeon come from the front. Uh, he also had a unit of harpies that I said to him that he needed to play more aggressively. I didn't think that – he was playing very cagey, um, but I played cagey. You know, I said to you previously in the KO mission that I was super aggressive. I was super cagey here. I avoided combat like the plague. Um, ended up winning the game. Uh, but to to Craig's credit as well, it was it was my game to lose because, as you mentioned, we were playing focal points, and all behemoth monsters get an additional VP per objective. <laughs> so straight up every objective i'm holding i'm getting you know even if i have the center objective and my two back objectives that's three additional vp uh let alone any of the combinations that you might get to get additional victory points so it was a super hard battle for craig i think i ended up on 35 vp he was on 20 25 vp so clearly the difference was the 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 behemoths um Mm. but hey it was a great game. The Varenguard on the charge are brutal. How those horses hit on threes, wound on threes, and do th- <laughs> two damage. They're freaking horses. Um, no, they're not. They're mutant chaos beasts. They're a horse. <laughs> they're a horse. Uh, like It was just great. It was great to to go one-on-one, the Kraken Eater, into, the, um, into to Archeon. Uh, I left Archeon and three wounds left, but um, couldn't quite kill him. Um, which is pretty good from a Kraken Eater. They're, they're not the, the biggest damage dealers out there.
1: Especially when you to re reroll sixes to hit.
0: Okay, we have to re- yeah, reroll really sixes annoying. to hit.
1: Yeah, it's annoying.
0: At least I don't have a lot of activations that come from it. But I was playing Super KG, uh, tr- using the, uh, the, the Mega Gargant, like the Kraken Eater, to be going for the, the middle objective, staying outside of combat, because you put the Iron Golems in the center, but I could still tag it within six by being outside of three. So I just played super cagey and just, you know, try to to either pin them in combat with maybe one Gargan on the side. Uh, but I was mostly trying to deal with Varangard. just knowing that I take out the Varenguard, he can't score. Um, but they're on the charge. They're brutal. They do some really cool stuff. But uh, I did win that one. Um, great game. Lots of fun. Um, just a really tough one for Craig, to be honest.
2: That's a good question from um, Martin in the chat. Yeah. Um the not the sort of judgement whatever it's called his the slayer um, king that one thank you um did you did you avoid a slayering he so first off Gar- mega Gargans can't be slayer of
0: Kings. uh they're very similar to uh, Gotrek. um i think it's just straight. straightest thing it's just d6 mortal wounds i think from memory but no he didn't get any slayer of kings off so Oof. um my Kraken Eater, which is what I got into Archeon, um, has minus one to hit. So um, that comes from a command trait. So I was uh, I was able to reduce his hit rolls quite significantly. But Dogar, the the mount, was just ripping a new butthole in my my gargant. Uh, that 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 gar, that giant monster thing was just kicking my ass. And that's what and that's what killed the gargant. Archeon did very little.
2: Fair enough. What about uh, – So that's that's the end of day one, and so day you're one. on. Yeah, I'm you're on
0: one and two.
2: And Matt is the inverse on two and one. Fair enough. Yeah, and I was you on got, nothing.
0: You got a freebie. <laughs> got a got a freebie. Uh, but that was good. But I had a really good game uh, day one. Day one was awesome. I think it was just hanging out, seeing people. I think for me, that was probably the other major victory was the just catch up with everyone, just have a chat. Um, Just it's it's been six months minimum since I've seen some people and nine to 12 months since I've seen others. So, um, that for me was a huge victory.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And the other hey. victory was that the, the material kebab challenge, um, uh, he no. failed Matt, Matt told me that the world's best kebab was in Canberra. Uh, while I agree that the bread was delicious, uh, the tabbouleh, the, the garlic sauce, the, the tum, uh, the, uh, the meat, uh, was certainly not at the world standard. So, uh, Canberra, I'm sorry you don't have the world's best kebab. Uh, you have a good kebab, and I would highly recommend it. But the world's are uh, probably not quite there. <laughs> and I have been asked. I did actually film my reaction. It's a private little video, and people have asked me, "Am I going to do a kebab meta?" Uh, potentially, uh, I won't. I won't say no. <laughs>
2: Round four, day two. Uh, Matt Tyrrell, you did
0: not send me any photos, so you can tell Yeah, no, 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 no,
1: those, those photos are from round four that you've just done round five. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: okay, round. Uh, This is your
1: oh, round so four.
2: This is- you who stuffed up, not Matt. Uh, I see yeah. how it is. I don't stuff up. Yeah, you did. Um <laughs> So uh, round four
1: uh, was the, the shit scenario battle plan total commitment um and i was matched up against a double terror geist uh feast day list with a unit of 40 ghouls uh in king's ghouls battalion king's ghoul battalion um so going into day two i was very uh, opposite of confident (laughs) i was not confident at all yes um so anyway uh in the setup, because I got so many drops, uh, I knew he out-dropped me. Um, I just baited baited out his drops, waited to see where he put stuff. Um, in deployment, I think that top left pitcher, there's a bit of a hole near his um, uh, in the middle there. That's where his terror guy now on the right, started. And his terror guy over on the far left, started on the left of the ghouls. Um, once he'd put that one down, I uh, started setting up my f- main lines and that was the, the nine spirit hosts on the left flank uh, supported by the black coach was next to them um, and my general. And by doing that, meant that my spirit hosts would only need a nine-inch charge into his terror if he gave me turn one and he wanted to give away turn one. But by me setting up like that, he had to take turn one because he didn't want to lose that terror first turn. Um so, went on to his first turn. He had some really bad dice rolls. So, that Terrorgeist on the far right there, uh, I had a screen of 10 Chainrass and there was fear four Mere Morn behind it. Uh, he double-piled in that Terrorgeist and he killed all up. He killed nine Chainrass out of the 10 and he killed the four... He only killed three Mere, uh, two Mere Morn the first pile-in and killed the other two the second pile-in. So, uh, what, 440-point model killed... Seventy points of Mirmoan and didn't even wipe out a unit of ten chainras. So uh, he was a little disappointed there. And that Targyse on the far left, Kurdos uh, took the CP in his turn, so he didn't have the extra CP. That Targyse got stuck with a six-inch charge. He failed it on a five. Uh, so yeah. it was it was left sitting. Right in front of my big unit of spirit hosts, um for my turn. Uh, everything else was just shuffled around. I think he summoned on uh three horrors on my back objective uh in the middle there. Um so yeah, onto my turn. The black coach, I leveled him up and I threw him up the far left because he had ten ghouls on that objective and With the coach, he'd leveled up enough that he could run and charge and he had the plus three from the pendant. I think he moved like 22 inches up that flank and I just moved the Spirit Hosts around. Um, Everything else just shuffled around a bit. uh, And then charges. the Spirit Hosts rolled a four or a five. They only needed a three, but I CP'd it and they got the 10. I think I got a 12 actually. (laughs) Um, So I got the big charge. Surrounded the Terrorgeist did, I think, left him on like three wounds after that. Um, and on the far right, I'd moved the 10 Haritans to be outside of his other Terrorgeist. Uh, I rolled a seven for them um, and I didn't use a CP to reroll it. Uh, so I actually decided to keep them out of combat because it would have meant he had two terror geists in combat at once um, and when I p- picked my... Uh, combat, it would have meant his other one would have got to double pile in. So I just chose to stay out of combat of the one on the right. So he couldn't do anything with it. And I finished off the one on the left with the spirit host. The black coach cleared off that objective on the far left. Um, And then he won the priority turn two, moved the ghouls up, attacked the spirit host, kept them out of range of everything else, did a fair few wounds. My turn two, I killed the... I got all my charges off pretty much and killed his little um, courtier, which is part of the King's King school Battalion, which stops them having to take battle, uh, battle shock. And my actual battalion with the Harridans and that, if you're within six of them at start battle shock phase, you can't use Inspiring Presence. Uh, so I hit them pretty hard after I'd killed the courtier and he took quite a hard, big battle shock. I think he might have had about six or seven left. So... Um, so kind of from there, uh, his terrorgeist had charged in to those 10 Haridans, and once again, I think he killed five with a... I don't think he double-piled in. No, he didn't. He didn't have the CP. double-piled in with the um, the ghouls. But yeah, with the, the single pile in, he only managed to kill five Haridans. So that was the story of his day. He was just rolling terribly bad. Um, and they did a heap of wounds back to him and in my following turn had killed him. So both his terror guys were gone by the end of turn two. Um, and, yeah, so from there, like, the game just sort of, I I just kept racking up the points and moving around the board and um, just sort of finishing off his army. So, yeah, so going um, a- another really strong win uh, for the Night Nighthaunt against a, a really tough army. Um, I was pretty happy about where I was at and, and yeah, I, I hadn't thought that I'd win that game. I thought that was—I was really not thinking I'd win that with two two terror guys coming at you. Um, but yeah, the dice let him down. So so yeah, finished finished uh, round four. I was uh, three and one. Um, yeah, with a good win over a couple of good armies. So yeah,
2: cool. What about your round four, coach? Might be
0: my absolute most favorite game in 2020. Uh, At this rate, it could be my favorite game in 2021. Uh, So I played Hugh Crail, uh, who is known for running corn Armies, but instead run Beasts of Chaos. Uh, And it was a gave spawn. So it's interesting, actually, because one of the biggest disappointments I had at Everwinter was that round three, I wasn't actually meant to fight Craig originally i was drawn up against the the squeak army the, there was a jaws of mork army uh, a gentleman by the name of cody and i was really excited to play up against the squigs i mean one i love squigs two you can't have a bad game uh against squigs i thought it'd be an interesting matchup And unfortunately there was a redraw for whatever reason so i lost that match with cody and then going into game four uh, i was actually drawn up against another slaves to darkness army a mostly corn but there was a Zench Sorcerer Lord, so it was it was basically like lots of knights and lots of Chaos Warriors with you know demon princes and stuff. But again, there was another redraw going into round four, and I ended up getting Hugh. So Hugh was running Spawn beasts of chaos. You know, it was a very very cool, interesting mix. There was a, a, a Gorgon. There was your uh, Bullgors. There was Centigors. There was Ungors. There was Uh, You know, double brace shaman. um, And basically, the rules for Gave Spawn is when a hero dies, I think it's on a two plus, it can turn into a, a chaos spawn. So being that he had lots of small little five-wound heroes, should they die, um, they were all turning into uh, cow spawns, which not only can do some decent damage, uh, they also tie you up in the combat, and um, uh, they have some nice buff pieces as well. So, uh, And I think he had the Slaanesh Battalion, um, which allowed him to reroll his charge rolls and run and charge rolls, or just charge rolls, if they're within range of a hero i think it is uh, an enemy hero um so it's basically going to be a punch-on in the middle of the board um basically he he waited one side i waited the other side and we just kind of danced into the middle and just absolutely punched the crap out of each other um and it was just absolutely a lot of fun uh, I don't know why it's doing that again. But um, I won that game against Hugh, uh, but it was a, a good, honest, solid win. Uh the Gargans just had too much speed, too much damage potential. Uh, getting to send the the uh the bull, the the bullfire Taurus around as well, which was a lot of fun, uh, making people fight last. And I think that's a very interesting way to actually uh you know, very very few times where you actually worry about the, the about the priority role. Like, you know, happy to give it away or happy to take it. But when that bullfight Taurus is on the table, you really do have to think about: Do you want it, or do you want a whole bunch of things to fight last? And what would happen if you got to fight last? Uh, but yeah, no, it was great. It was great. It was. Uh, you know, my my key priority was to take out the um, the the Doom Bull and his unit of six. Um, a, Bulgors, uh, the big yeah, Bulgauz. I think that was the key priority. Uh, try to get that that Gorgon down to half strength. But the little um the little beast lord uh just came in, this little five mil base came in and just absolutely cut sick and um uh did as much damage as the Gorgon did, uh this little five wound dude. Uh couldn't believe it.
2: I think uh, that says, unfortunately, more about the cork than it does about the Beast's
0: rocks. Uh, but, hey, it's not a cycle. It's not a cycle. But uh, I was chucking a lot of rocks, um, uh, trying to get uh, early Battleshock in before the uh, the terrain piece started expanding its buff range and mm-hmm. making the army immune to Battleshock. So if I could just chuck rocks, knowing that the the Beast of Chaos had really low bravery, and he was being really aggressive with some of his um uh his uh, un and his center gores so if i could just chip wounds i could kind of reduce their their impact and knowing that my gargans were counting as 15 on the objective and most of his units were 10 models uh it was he was he was basically having to commit two units to try to seize an objective so uh it was just a good honest battle in the middle lots of fun his spawns were just rolling um they rolled 2d6 attacks he was rolling 10s 11s and 12s and uh, the story of my hobby career is always, this never happens. This, I, I've been waiting for this to happen. I'm like, yeah, everyone says that to me. Everyone uh-huh. says, this just never happened before. I've it's never rolled you, a double 12.
2: It's because you coach them so well, right? That's how that works. You coach <laughs> so them to it. Just uh, I, I unleash
0: their potential.
2: Um, exactly. Exactly.
0: It was a really good game. I was actually that 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 was the highlight game for me. And um, you know, spoiler alert, uh, Hugh was my favorite opponent as well. So I, I put that down. It was just he was just absolute gentleman. Whether he was winning or whether it was a losing, he was just an absolute gem to play against. So um, I was really excited to play that game. And um, yeah, pull the win out.
2: So well, he's a he's a beast of Belko, and I don't think I've met a beast of Belko player that I haven't liked. And um, I think Hughes come to every CanCon. He, he comes can... to my
0: events too. he, uh, yeah, he, he yeah. comes to my Sydney GT, so he always travels up, he always plays corn. Yeah. Um, it's just, well, just,
2: yeah, well, I've never played him, and my interactions with him have always been good. So, yeah, uh, round five, the last round of the day.
0: So that was fake round five of Matt's. Matt, Matt <laughs> you didn't have photos, so you might you... have,
1: yeah, um, yeah, it. I did take photos. I don't know what happened. It obviously didn't click or what, but anyway. Um, so I got matched up against Corey Brush from um, Measured Gaming from Bendigo. Uh, he was on 4-0 and at the time. Uh, there was only three players on 4-0, and so I don't know why I got matched up against a 4-0 and player. Um, but, yeah, he, he had the change host, which is probably one of the lists that I know just Nighthaunt just don't do well against. Um, so I just went super aggressive and tr- tried to get as much Underworld stuff on the board and, and hit him hard early. Uh, I did get a 10-inch charge with the Harridans, which wiped a screen of brims and only end up managing to kill one flamer, one and a half flamers. So everything else sort of failed. Um so in his first turn, he just shot everything off. Um, we were playing uh, what's the, the, blade? not Blade's Edge? Force, um, forcing the hand. Forcing the forcing hand. The hand. Uh, so it's kind of a hard one. I can't really just sit back and wait for him to come to me. So um, in hindsight, I probably could have played a bit more cagey and, and just went the, the, the objectives on the flanks and tried to do it that way. But um, in the end, uh, yeah, the points weren't too bad in the end, but yeah, it was his his turn two, and then I gave him priority. Uh, sorry, his turn one, and then I gave him the priority in turn two because he'd already wiped everything off in his turn one that was in range, um, and I knew he couldn't do anything right turn two. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a non a non event really that game. Um, he won the major. Just uh, he's actually he played really well. Hats off to him, um, he, and he's a really nice guy. Uh, I was just happy to have a bit of fun with him and play the game. I knew I said to him right from the start of the game. I said, oh, look, I think you've got this win on the board. So let's just have fun." And so we did. We had the fun. We had fun. And yeah, he's he's actually. I think that's his probably his first event. He's been five and zero. He's always been a. I think I, I don't want to quote, but I think around about a three two player. Uh, and I was talking to Joel McGrath after the game, after the tournament, and he sort of said, "Yeah, it's good to see, like Brushy, he's he's come come a long way. He's finally got himself a, a decent army, and, and he, he's working out how to play it. So, yeah, hats off to the to the young guy. He's gone five and zero at a pretty tough event, actually, like a lot of hard lists. So, um, yeah, he outplayed me, outplayed my army. So, yeah, well done to him."
2: He's had Zinch for ages too, hasn't he? I remember him having cinch yeah. forever ago, so he's kind of stuck with that, which is good.
1: Yeah, I think he may have dabbled into a couple others, but yeah, he's actually he's finally finally working them out, I think, and um and getting them on the board and and doing well. So, yeah, well done to him. I think he, he's got a bright future ahead of him. I think he'll he'll do well in the next couple
0: of tournaments. Yeah. Good on him. Good on him. Now, now, now. The challenge is is to do it without something like Zench. Let's (laughs) let's let's see a five. Let's see a five and O with uh, Sylvan F. Go, go. (laughs) Uh,
2: No, no. We want a challenge, not impossibility. Come on. (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> nah, but look, you know, any, anyone who goes 5-0 and is, is, you know, it, it can't just be luck. It can't be the skill. You know, even the most busted armies uh, do lose. So, you know, shout out to, to uh, a player being able to do really well at a very tough event with some very accomplished players as well, um, which kind of leads to my game, which was an accomplished player. And while, Matt, you might have been playing forcing the hand, I didn't. <laughs> i heard about this (laughs) yeah so this is this is this is where this is where um so uh i was playing forcing the hand so i got to the table early uh and i set up uh the table i set up forcing hand um set up all the objectives why is my camera doing that um the forcing the hand um started happening and then um i got challenged chris is like we're not playing this we're playing blade's edge Super confident, super like look, looked at me straight in the eye, and I thought, oh shit, I must be wrong. So we pulled everything off the table, moved the terrain around because some of the terrain was impeding on the objective. Um, put the objectives down, set up deployment. Um, we'd just finished deployment, and then James Mabry comes up and goes, So, guys, what scenario are we playing? And Chris Chris goes, "More playing Blades Edge. He goes, Are you sure? And <laughs> we both pull up our phones, uh and right as rain i was right the first time because i had set up my general's handbook um scenario cards so i'd put all of just just the five cards in my little deck and i i could pull them out as i go and i must have thought i was wrong and i just took Chris by a grain of salt um but by that stage our armies were deployed the objectives were deployed we were probably already a good half an hour into the game um we hadn't rolled the dice and we looked at each other and said look you know we can either reset up or we just play as is and we both agreed just to play as is. Um, I mean, other than that, we would have gone three turns at best if we had to redeploy, reset up. And it was just, it wasn't worth it in in our opinion. Um, so we played, we played the Blade's Edge. Um, really tough game. Chris had double catapults, he had um Arken the Black, he had uh, two units of Mortec guard. Um did he have a harvester no no harvester there was no harvester uh but he had a couple of our little support heroes and um man those those catapults when they hit the gargans were just you know straight up five damage you know um oh yeah yeah he i the black and he also had um uh special k do you have special k no he had the xantos he had xantos um yeah not have special k he had xantos um so, yeah, so that was a really interesting battle. Um, I pipped him right at the end. Uh, so no, so I didn't pimp at the end. I had the lead the whole way. Uh, it was getting dicey towards the end. Uh, but unfortunately, because of the speed of, of OBR, um, I was able to claim enough points up, and I still had a fully – f- I think it took like two wounds. The gate the gatebreaker was still on the table in turn five. And I think it came down to the Mortec guard. There was a unit of like 10 Mortec guard or 20 Mortec guard trying to claim two objectives to get the lead. Um and unfortunately just couldn't take the, the the catapults doing their re-rolls just couldn't take out the gate breaker, which meant uh I think it ended up being like fourteen to ten or fourteen to twelve uh in the end.
1: Yeah, I had a, um had a chat to Chris after the game and he was actually really dirty on himself because he reckoned that if you had a played uh, forcing the hand, he probably would have won the game because Blade's Edge really does benefit your army because you just move up and because all the objectives are in the middle of the board pretty much, Blade's Edge. Um, yeah, you just move up and you've got them all. <laughs> so, yeah, he's uh, shot himself in the foot there.
0: No, there's there's six, there's six objectives. Um, yeah, but they're all as together. As you
1: know.
2: They touch well, each uh, other. Yeah, they're the in, are, they are all really close. Yeah. So, so
0: forcing the hand is closer than the for, the way the forcing hand is is set up. That's closer than um, blades edge.
2: Not no, you're forcing two, the hands.
1: Yeah, they're right at the end. ends. Yeah. 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 Anyway, the point.
0: <laughs> blades edge is all in the centre. Two two, 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 It's like that that
2: weird Z kind of action. Yeah, try um, mapping that out on a four-foot board.
1: And the, and the point, and the now the fact was that once you get that, you go first and you score all the points, you then just keep burning them and you it's really hard for your opponent to catch
0: up. Well, no, you that, burn yeah. them if you go second. Yeah,
1: yeah, but yeah. You, if you've gone first and they win the double, um, they shoot themselves in the foot. By which take, is what happened. Yeah, which exactly. is what happened. Yeah, and then you burn the objective, yeah, and it makes it harder for
2: them. And And your army, like your army thrives on less objectives. So it, it it suits you better as the game goes on. So, I set up forcing the hand. Yeah, no, that's what I said. I <laughs> didn't say it was your fault. I said he said he, he shot himself in the foot. <laughs> Can you imagine if this was reversed, though? If, like, Chris had set up forcing the hand and Magro's like, no, Blaze Edge. It's <laughs> just, like, a much better scenario for him.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. But like, I think the, the point was that we set up... We, yeah. we then redeployed, and the, the question was, Do we then reset up and redeploy and then play two and a half, maybe it three rounds? Nah. No, that, that was that was the two. and because we were already two and a half hours, the, the round is shorter than normal. Um, by losing that additional time, like we we barely got to round five in this game, um, yeah. like and, and we were like round four, round five, Chris and I were just know absolutely just going is I think we did round four and round five in maybe seven minutes. Yeah. um just to get through. So uh yeah. it is what it is, but certainly
1: oh, it was his mistake. So the fact that he lost because of his it's our mistake.
0: mistake. It's our mistake. Yeah. Uh it's our mistake. So um yeah. when when, yeah. when Chris challenged me I should have we, we should have looked at it immediately as opposed to me just going
2: shoot sure, whatever. And yeah, this is why you read players' packs. Well, I
0: did. <laughs> and I pulled out my five cards. I only had the five cards. And I remember going, oh, I don't have the card for forcing the uh, for for Blade's Edge here. Because I'd only brought the five cards and I only brought that, that, that should have twigged
2: me. you. That should you should have checked then. You should have twigged then. But anyway, Magro, he
1: was like, yes, this force, yeah, this is going to be better for me. Blade's Edge. Yeah, yes. let's play that. Yep. Yeah, let's right do righto. It.
0: I like how you, I like how you think that. At the end of the day, I barely got my army painted. I can assure you right now, it, uh-huh. the army was coming regardless. The scenarios did what they did, and I was I was there to roll dice and have fun at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, if I, I had heard to win I, this tournament, I wouldn't have run Gargans.
2: I heard from Chris that when he said it was Blades Edge, you counted with isn't it shifting objectives, <laughs> you know, for no, even I, less uh, objectives on the board. <laughs> I had heard that. Yeah, two places of power or whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I wanted to play places, places of Arcane Power so I could then use that rule where a Gargan can change the objective score and go, you know, Chris, you're on zero, uh, and yeah. I can only win, so uh, GG.
1: So w- what did you finish on, Magro, for the weekend? I finished
0: on, I w- I finished on a legitimate three wins, Matt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> After that five minutes of shade you threw at me, so I won three of my games legitimately, uh, and I lost two. So I lost my first two games. I then had three wins. Um, I didn't do quite well on the exam on the secondaries. Um, some of them were really tough for me to 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 win. Um, yeah. Whether it was the matchup, whether it was just the build of my army, I did struggle a little bit with those secondaries. And maybe if I would have gotten those eighteen as opposed mm-hmm. to the restricted ten, uh, the outcome may have slightly changed but um, I think the auxiliaries kind of let me down a little bit. Um, uh, I still, I think, I think I still finished 14th out of 36. So um, I'm still very happy with that for an army that uh, this is the first game, sorry, the first tournament I've run with Gargants. The list had to be submitted pre-FAQ. So i um, very, very lucky that Rocky let us in with the tournament lists. Um, but he also said to us that um, if GW released the FAQ, you just have to accept it. If it's really bad against you, you've just got to accept it. And I was willing to take that. And if and if GW didn't release an FAQ on time, he was going to FAQ us. And again, I would be at the mercy of the TO. And if he wanted to straight up deny certain things, um, I was at his mercy. So very very fortunate to have run the Gargants, but also very happy to have uh, got five additional games and get a bit better of a feel of of, of the list.
2: Yep, yep. that's fair.
1: Where what did you finish on, Matt? Uh I legitimately finished on three and two and I one of my wins it was a really good win and it was against someone that smashed Magro in his first game. So probably I, I lost I lost it. in turn
2: four. I would call that shoot smashed. Uh, smash smashed. <laughs> smashed. You lost the pass. Uh, <laughs>
0: Not that PASC is bad, but but for someone who's the mayor, uh, No, and that's, the what yeah. that's what you implied. <laughs> that's what you implied. When did oh, you oh, say well. that? Like Pas did really well. Pasc did really well, but for the His, master, I expected better. Well, he's
1: calling out, Martin. He only finished two and three, I think. So I think you are you're getting stuck into him.
0: That, that, that was actually really interesting. Not not about PASC, but just um how many uh how many Stonehorn and how many um Thunder lists there were. There was actually quite a lot of those beast claw raider builds. Probably more again than I would have expected at a regular tournament.
1: Yeah, I think there was seven. Was there seven? Liz? that were. There more was dry. one dude.
0: Wasn't there one dude that ran seven th- thunder tusks?
1: Yeah, all thunder tusks. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Madman.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure how well he went, but yeah, he
0: had fun. I think we're not discing Pask. We love Pask. Well, I love Pask. <laughs> He's a good man. He's a good man. I'm I'm dissing Matt that he didn't go 5 and 0 or 4 and 1 being the master.
2: Uh but he's already become the master. He can just take the foot off now. That's that exactly. works.
1: And take fun lists now. I could have took a dirty list but where's the fun in that? I had fun.
0: Nah. So may, maybe a question for all of us and you know Clint maybe you'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Is hearing about the I guess the first tournament back, you know, since COVID um, and maybe hearing our feedback and our suggestions. You know, what what are some of the lessons that maybe we've learnt uh, in the new world, or maybe some things that we should start thinking about? You know, as as our, our tournament scene kind of kicks back up into gear, or events start getting back into the calendar. Is there any ideas or thoughts that have come into your mind while we've chatted?
2: Enjoying the dead air. <laughs> Um okay, I'll go. Um well, it was to you, Clint. I uh, I, you. I, I, I thought did. you said that you'd ask me second, but anyway. Um no, I misunderstood. <laughs> what? Uh, do you want me I'm, to talk? To you? I'm pro. I'm a pro. No, look. Um so from the outside view, the time thing um seemed like but I understand that there's multiple factors in in round times. It could be venue, and Michael yeah. didn't know he was going to be the first event back from COVID. Well, we, we it's like we first, didn't, first two day event, etc. Like well, we did sort of 10 stuff.
0: Clean if that if that if that context. Yeah, comes the in,
2: venue we'll didn't open, open till ten. Yeah, so so it sounds before. like that's a venue restriction. He's just yeah. trying to pack as much hammer hammers into the hours that he got, and that's fair. Like that's yeah. but yeah, the, the time thing. Uh, especially coming back, is uh, big. And the the objectives, like, I'm, I know I'm just touching on stuff that you've already talked about, but literally that's the, they're the things that I've picked up on. Um, it's um, something that we got feedback from for CanCon the first year we did our own objectives, is we had seven for six games, and that wasn't enough. So that we we increased that the next time, um just to give people more opportunity because, um, you know, back then we were only picking one per game. So, you know, we had 10 across six games. It gave you a few up up your sleeve. Um, And now with, you know, the picking two, you definitely want to have twice as many as you need almost, or, you know, like the, the full 18 just to give certain armies choices because, you know, there are some armies out there that can only really use a subset of the objectives. Yeah, um,
1: some, some are impossible to get for some armies yeah
2: absolutely
0: um what, what you know what one other thing that i thought was really helpful was that um again we talked about the restriction of the timing at the venue uh lunch was included as well so uh have not having and we're in just industrial area jolt games is in a very you know it's not very close to shops especially on the weekends um, so being able to kind of reduce that and kind of supply lunch on the day meant that we didn't have to go anywhere. It meant that, you know, it was one less thing to worry about. Um, and I know with my event, I've got a little one day coming up next week. Uh, that's one way I can reduce the, the lunch break is just by supplying lunch or including that in my ticket price.
2: It's, a, it's an, another interesting consideration in COVID as well, um, doing food but I imagine that, that that was all handled by the venue and stuff like that. It was part of the, the deal or was it, did he get. We, we, we had Subway
0: got- day Subway one yeah. and then pizza day two. I, I, I'm for my particular event. I'm doing individual lunch boxes. So people are ordering a burger that comes with chips and a drink. Um, mm. And it's just very individualized, but um, at yeah, Canberra, they- and I think Canberra uh, hasn't really had a lot of COVID issues at the moment, no. Um it was just, like, just your traditional subway platter and um, your pizza boxes, I think, were just, like, a pizza bite for you and your opponent. So it wasn't even pizza per person. It was a pizza between two.
2: Yeah, that's something that's quite... Like, you've got to take into account all these COVID-safe things now, That stuff that we used to do in tournaments that we're not going to be able to get away with now or, or really shouldn't, and that's actually surprising. Like, sorry, I'm not dissing Michael or saying he did the wrong thing or whatever. It's just, these are just considerations like going forward. It's like because I know my um, my wife works at a school and with COVID, kids obviously can't bring in cake. Uh, once upon a time, they would let kids bring in cupcakes for birthdays. Not a thing anymore. Cannot bring unpackaged food and cannot bring food that's packaged altogether. You have to have individual servings and things. So there's like those sorts of considerations that I think, um, if you're doing food at events, you you kind of have to think about and providing hand sanitizer. If you if you're not at a store that's doing it, like if you're running it at a hall or whatever, making sure you have all these precautions is it's an extra layer of, of thought on top of the of the event, and it's yeah.
1: Canberra was um it was really interesting because we um we spent a bit of time there obviously before the event went to a few shops and that. And um, even coming from Albury, like you go to Canberra and half the shops didn't even have like stickers on the floor or they didn't even have, it was almost like Canberra was just like living then a normal life almost. Like it was, uh, it was something that wasn't even really thought of, if you know what I mean. Like it was no. very laid back as far as um, all the COVID stuff goes.
0: Yeah, I know from my event next weekend, I've got a COVID marshal. Even though it's one day, I've got a COVID marshal. I've got a QR code that everyone needs to sign in that I'll get their name, their phone number. So should should anyone be positive, I can at least contact everyone and get, tell them to go get tested. Uh, the meals I talked about earlier, um, one of the things that I'll be, be keeping in mind of is, you know, while people are having lunches, not to congregate in, in certain areas. Um, and while restrictions where I live are reducing, um I, I, I certainly don't want to be one, be a, an event that I have an outbreak um, or two, I think it's just, as you mentioned, just additional things that I need to think about, um, maybe hit the tables with Glen 20 between rounds, I don't know, as you said, hand sanitizer, um, but I think the, the, the food's an interesting point, but I think, as you said, uh, things, some of the things that we did previously, we, we, we now can't do or we shouldn't do at the moment.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Um. As far as the tournament goes, like um. Aside from the the time and the objectives, which times and venue thing, objectives is obviously a choice that Michael's made. But other than that, it sounds like it ran fairly smoothly, and it was definitely a a a nice, well rounded event, which I would expect from Michael because he's been to so many, and I know that he definitely puts the thought in the extra thought um Mm. about his battle plan selection and all that sort of stuff so i'm i'm unsurprised that the tournament ran so smoothly otherwise so
1: so when we talk about time what what, what is an average time for people that don't know like what what's cancon for example for rounds?
2: 245 so only
1: 15 minutes
2: yeah, that's sort of the standard because otherwise if you go to, th- I, I looked at three hours and it was just a tad, it made the day a tad too long. But even yeah. if you went like for, you know, first events back or something like that, like, you know, at our first two-day opera in Queensland, if they did three hours for the first round and then two hours, 45 for the rest.
1: When you, you And know. when you say two hours, 45, is that from when matchups are revealed or is that from after that? like
2: um uh, generally you do your matchups in the break yeah okay. between so rounds yeah so you no, if I, if, I, if you yeah, can yeah yeah,
0: yeah okay. you want to reduce as much of that as possible so uh making sure that people know even game 1 and i know this is probably one of the challenges by doing it at a store is that if they don't open the, uh, they they did open early so you know i appreciate the, the 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 venue opened a little bit early but if the store doesn't open till 10 It doesn't mean that we can start rolling dice at 10. People need to get in, unpack their armies, put it on the table. They need to know which tables they're starting on. So any way you can reduce that friction, whether it's putting rounds up in advance. And yes, you might get some drops, but deal with that on the day and let 90% find their tables and set up early as opposed to drawing it, you know, once registration has happened um, anyway as clint mentioned you know in the breaks and i use facebook a lot you know posting up anything they need to know about whether it's the realm whether it's the mission whether it's the draw anything i i want to get that to them uh during the break so by the time their break is over they know exactly where to take their army to start the game as
2: quick as possible so was terrain pre-generated on tables
0: yeah Oh, uh,
2: yeah, okay. you didn't so have to
1: roll for it, but it was on the, yeah. It was.
2: Yeah, so the, all of the terrain was supplied
0: on the table, so we didn't have to bring any terrain. But uh, mm-hmm. from a mysterious landscapes point of view, we still had to roll, um, you know, arcane, deadly, mystical, that type of stuff.
2: Okay, that's, see, that's another thing that you can do. Like, if you've got all the terrain, that's another thing that, you know, cuts five minutes out of the start of your mm-hmm. game as well, having all those out as well.
0: Yeah, that's definitely one thing. And uh, oh, 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 sorry. One more thing that Tomo did, um, which I think is really interesting, that um, maybe other people want to 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 bring into their packs. Matt, I th- I'm surprised you didn't bring this one up. Is the way that um, so obviously you know when we, we traditionally when we um, start a game we'd roll the dice to see who takes uh, what side of the table first. But what Matt did was you um, had a choice. The person who wins the the initial roll off can either choose the realm that their army is from or no realm or the table side so if i'm from shimon my list is from shimon i can either choose that we play in shimon or no realm or choose the side of the board and start deploying first and then the other person obviously gets the other choice
2: interesting
0: i thought i thought that worked quite well a lot of the lists come from shimon so um, that was also very interesting. A lot of this come from Shimon, um, at least certainly I played against. So um, having it, it gave the other person a choice whether it was to play realm or, or choose a side, which um, it didn't really feel like it was a loser.
1: Yeah, and the other thing was too, because we were playing um, at the we we're playing both uh, mystical terrain tables, so you're rolling for, you could have had Commanding and you could have had Arcane, um, whereas the new GHB actually says you got to roll for one table, not both. Mm. Um, but so that made it interesting then, like, you you might have one side of the board that's got Commanding and Arcane, um, et cetera, and then the other side's got shit, but your opponent might have... His realm might be... He's got the spell that he wants to be using from that realm. He might be from... Um, what's the other one? Gur is it Gur? If you've got monsters, they can for a command point can fight at the top
0: top, top, bracket.
1: Uh, top bracket. Is it Gur? I don't know. It one would, of the-
2: it sounds yeah. like it'd be Gur. Yeah, I think yeah. it is.
1: So, so a lot of the more tribes list were going Gur because they wanted to be able to fight at the top bracket always. Um, stuff like that. So, uh, it was interesting whether you choose are you going to take the commanding, are you going to take Arcane, or are you going to take what you've built your army around and go for the realm um personally when i I would have picked i just i said to michael do i even have to pick a realm because i don't really i don't care much for the realms um and he said yeah just pick one but yeah i I never actually i think each time i won the role i picked sides because i was trying to get arcane or commanding but um yeah if i had won the role and and had to choose a realm i would have just said no realm so
0: yeah and that was the option that was the option it was either it wasn't. It wasn't like if, if it was Matt versus if it was me versus Matt. It wasn't. I choose a realm between Matt and I. It was my realm, my realm only, or no realm. Yeah. Mm. So, so um, which was interesting. Which is uh, I liked it. I actually really liked um, that combination.
1: The only thing I didn't like about it was it. Uh, we're talking about time constraints. It's another time. Like so, I had all my realm cards with me because I ha- I got the the GHB this year with all the cards. Um, so then it meant that I was standing there for five minutes reading through the realm art the the realm command ability, the realm um, terrain feature, the realm spell, like and so you know what I mean. Like it just, it was another thing that added to the time um, mm. for me anyway personally because I don't. If it was two forty
0: five, would you feel the same way? If it was fifteen extra minutes, would you feel the same way?
1: Uh yeah. Look. I- I've always, I, I, I don't know, I've always not been against realms, but I, I find that they just, they're adding something to the game that's not really needed, especially the terrain. It's really annoying because you've got, you've rolled for terrain for the whole board and then the whole board then has another lot of terrain rules. So you've got double terrain rules on every piece of terrain. Um, I don't know. Look, I, I, I'm not against playing it. If people want to play it in the time, so that's fine. But for me, it's just another... Another aspect of the game that most people just forget about, anyway. I, like, I think in nearly every game I did play on the weekend, I don't think anyone used their command ability from the realm. Um, or... I did, I
0: did because I because Shimon gives me plus one. Uh, is it plus one to hit on, on the charge? So um, I think that worked in my favour. Um, yeah. But you know, on the on the flip side, you've got people like Doom and Darkness and, and Matt the Wild Form Weas, who at Sagt have just gone no realm just flat out no realm there is no realm effects uh, obviously you can take your realm artifact if you want but otherwise there's just no impact so I think you've got um, you know there's no one way to do it it's just so how, do, how does
1: that work with a cities cities list where they gotta come from a
0: realm they can still come from a realm it's just that there are no realm spells no realm effects no realm anything
2: um, there's no yeah there's no realm effect in the game. Like,
0: Correct,
1: but I can still
0: choose. yeah, 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 right So, okay, so, and, and that's the only rule that you know cities worries about. You know, obviously, we got empowered by the realm, so cities gets that naturally. Um, so other than that, it just doesn't worry cities. So, um,
1: yeah, yeah, look, I, it's a, yeah, personally, um, I don't care much for realms, I don't mind how Clint does it with Cancom, where it's just everyone knows it's the same thing, you know. um. And I think you did it for the whole day, didn't you? The same realm, is that right?
0: Yeah, I, I it, when I when I originally originally I think at Sydney GT maybe eighteen, I might have jumped realms every game. Um, I think my last Sydney GT, I just said day one is X, day Y is what is Y, and I don't and I I kind of like reduced the impacts. Clint, you're going to say something?
2: No, it's all good. Yeah. I no, think you
0: raised an interesting gonna, point
2: about jumping yeah, jump yeah, between. Yeah, Cancun was the same the whole the whole way through. Yeah, and well, that's your personal personal
0: because you can, was, your you run.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and you can read up on it before the game. Uh, if you're playing realms all the time, I guess it doesn't matter because you get used to it. Um, but those that don't, um, that's something. It's a lot easier if you just got the one realm. You know what it is for each mm-hmm. game.
0: And, yep, and maybe right. that's something. Maybe that's something that, again, as we're all getting used to the game again and getting back into it, maybe it's one way we can simplify it: is just choosing a realm for the day uh, or realm for the weekend. Uh, and maybe in six months' time or three months' time, depending again on your community and how active it is, um, once we've built that, rebuilt that muscle memory, and we're getting we're sharp again, then maybe it's when we add the more complexity to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, or you just create more time to allow it, or as as Clint said, you know, you're putting mysterious landscape terrain already on the table, um, yeah. you know, uh, being very upfront with, with the realms and the realm rules in your players' packs, so people can practice it. So then they make the most of that two and a half two forty five uh, on the day.
1: And it wasn't that long ago. There was tournaments. Um, there was a couple of tournaments run that didn't have uh, terrain rules either, like they to simplify. Mm um so maybe maybe we do need to as you say look back simplify things a bit for the first first few as people get back into the game um yeah who knows i i I know clinton and i
0: privately talked about you know this feels very much like 2017 2018 where um you know it's very much like almost like restart it's a restart and you know, that's why we're starting up with these 20, 40-player events and, you know, building back up to the 200s and the 300s that we aspire to have. Clint doesn't aspire to have 300. <laughs>
1: You've you know, time. plenty of time to paint terrain, Clint. 12,
2: uh, apparently so. Start
1: month.
0: early. <laughs> we probably should call out that the winners were uh, Joel Graham coming first uh, he was Grizzle Gore Fleshita Courts. So I know 2018 called and we're very happy with his celebration. Um, <laughs> we had Corey Brush, I think you just mentioned, was Zench. Uh, yeah, Dalton Copeland was. Was Dalton? Oh, he had, had the.
1: Yeah, he was um, the. the the With um, Pebbles, the big rock dude he had. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, with yeah. big block? Big, big bar, that's it. Um, so he actually, he played Corey um, and they, he, he spoke to me the, during the weekend and he said every time they play at home, it comes down to priority turn two, I think he said. Um, so it's really a dice off between their two armies.
0: Uh, Peter Atkinson came in uh, fourth. He was running uh, Beast Cloraders Ogres.
1: He was playing Joel on the final table, so he was playing for first.
0: And then fifth was Tristan Smith. He was Nurgle.
2: Yeah, the blight sis. So the entire top five was measured. Uh, top top seven. Yeah, so seven. So yeah,
0: and then I, Joel. Okay, mate. <laughs> yep. oh, Jesus. And then Tyson yeah. Gleeson, uh, another m- measured boy. So um, so yeah. So there's there's a good mix. Uh, Measure did have at least at least. Twenty five percent, if not more of the. Club, oh, I but. think
2: more actually. Yeah, but, but day, to they, concentrate them at the top though, that's pretty good. Oh, effort yeah, from the club. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: yeah. That's, that's what I'd say is like you know the guys uh, play hard, they practice hard, they're very match play focused. They do like to, uh, they they do like that, and it's you know to see people like Rohit who we don't get to see outside of, of Victoria very often do well. Uh, as you measured uh, mentioned Corey Brush um great performance by so many people um you know two
1: players had to they had some tough lists they were all sporting really good lists they
2: they were they were there to play hard yeah
0: yeah. I, I will say that I think some of the lists that we saw were very much focused towards the players pack as opposed to much like CanCon where um, if you were running this at another match play event that wasn't this particular build, um, they might take that list. So um, take that what you will. If you look at the lists, I probably wouldn't pick it up immediately and, and take it to your local meta. It was certainly optimised for the, for the scenarios. It was optimised for the way uh, Michael was incentivizing certain lists uh, but nonetheless, some really tough lists, some really tough builds, some really tough opponents. So, uh, you know, shout out for the first two dayer that we've seen, and you know, hopefully this kickstarts some awesome two days. And as um, as we ho- also heard in the chat, there was a Perth two dayer as well, Battle Masters. So uh, Australia's c- competitive scene is kicking back, and it's awesome to see.
2: Yeah, yeah, and technically, Everwinter is still the first one just based on time zones. So.
0: Yes. And yes. You,
2: uh, you weren't. You weren't incorrect. <laughs> a, That's awesome
0: that we we got it, Matt. We to
2: say?
1: Oh yeah. Me. Yeah. There's a um. Obviously on the Discord and stuff, there's a lot of lot of jealous people around the world at the moment. Um, a lot of a lot of the rest of the world is currently locked up again. So, um, feel bad for them. But yeah, we we're finally seeing the light. Hopefully.
0: Yeah, and, and 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 that doesn't uh, that isn't lost on me that you know uh, America, England, there are so many other great countries that are watching this show, uh, probably very 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 envious that you know they probably haven't been playing Warhammer since the Seraphon book came out, and you know it wasn't being used because it wasn't FAQed, so you know we haven't seen a lot of Seraphon legitimately on the table on the competitive scene. We haven't seen Lumineth on the scene as well um there was a lumineth list by the way at everwinter which was really cool uh it was no techless build um but we really haven't seen that and i think we we, we'll start to see the meta shifting especially with broken realms but again very very happy and lucky to have played uh in real life as opposed to tabletop simulator but we are very lucky
2: yep absolutely
0: well I feel like, like with a little kumbaya moment and kind of, um, I've run out of eggnog. Um, wow. yeah, like ages ago. Um, yeah, like Sam, like I've, people in the chat are saying, you know, they've just gone back into lockdown. So, again, you know, my heart truly bleeds for you guys. Um, it, it's, it's not easy, it's not tough, but hopefully, um, hopefully, you'll, you know, you, you get some really cool hobby done. And hopefully, uh, when when you all come out of lockdown, you've got some awesome painted armies like us, and you just get straight into it, and um, you just get to roll dice and have fun again. And you know, like there was, I, I didn't, sh- I didn't shake anyone's hand until the very, very, very end, and that was a mistake. Um, that was just a slip. I made sure that you know I didn't shake anyone's hand. You know, pre-COVID, you know, I'd give people hugs. You know, we would, you know, but uh, again, that world is coming very soon. Just yeah, not hopefully. I will. It will come. It will come. We don't know. Um, Matt, if people want to talk to you more, I think we've kind of gone through everwinter. Um, it was great, yeah. you know, we're gonna have we're gonna have some stuff happening in future months. Um, maybe, maybe bring us home. Matt, what are you most looking forward to in the festive season? Are you going to be taking some time off to, to paint, to play, to do stuff uh, um, around the house? Like what's what what does Matt <laughs> What does it look like in your household?
1: Uh, Yeah, actually, we are currently doing a few renovations around the place. So, uh, yeah, my uh, holidays will be busy um, doing work around here, but also plan to do some more, record some more battle reports in the next week or two and do that over the holidays, get a few more. So the YouTube channel has been pretty quiet the last month or so just with... Painting obviously for this tournament and um, and just work's been crazy, so I'd like to uh, yeah get some more content out um, and then yeah, just have a break from work and and everything really it'll be good. It's been a hectic year, so I'm just looking forward to
2: having a few weeks off. And Clint, what, what's what's your household going to look like in the next couple of weeks? Um, well, I'm running a fun Christmas event at the local store next not the weekend coming, the weekend after that. So I'm really looking forward to that. Bribing people with chocolate coins again and all that sort of fun stuff, throwing candy canes at people. Individually wrapped, of course. COVID, COVID um, <laughs> COVID, yeah, see, individually wrapped, all that sort of stuff. Not within six feet of them, so I'll just peg <laughs> them at them. Like, yeah. Um, I, I've i run them before. They're always lots of fun. People come in the right spirit and just have fun. Um, and then I think there's a... that. Then the weekend after that is a two-day uh, uh, that Simon Hall is running in Brisbane. It's about 30 players. Uh, so that's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. My OBR is p- well, pretty much done now, so that I'll be taking that. Just got to get some practice in. And then Christmas is – I don't have the public holidays off, so I'll be working. So well, I have to save up leave for ETC now. So <laughs> – <laughs> uh... So, so we're, we're going to be
1: seeing competitive Clint at the next tournament. Is that what you I saying? believe
2: his name is Cliff, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. When, when I'm competitive, it's Cliff because I yep. don't think people want to think of me as a competitive person. I think they just want to attribute that to someone else. So, <laughs> look, I've got a decent OBR list. Um, I just have to grow as a player into it. So. Yeah. Practice. It's just practice. It's practice. practice. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Practice and playing properly rather than, Building vampires and just shooting, like, <laughs> and just like sending shark chariots at people, like, just yeah. for funsies. So, yeah, that's 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 what my next month or so looks like.
0: Yeah, I, I found out recently, uh, aka today, that I've actually got three weeks off over Christmas. I uh, uh, I work more uh, work forced. Uh, I forgot that work forced us to take three weeks off uh, this this holiday. Uh, Terrible. Just, well, well, I did have a trip to America planned, so I had like a month off, meant to be off between June and July, or July and August, I think it was. Um, so I think there's a lot of companies, especially like where I am, um, they just have so many people with accrued leave of like four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, um, and they've said, hey, mental health, go take some time off, extra time off a.k.a. get it off the balance sheet, uh, but also your mental health. Um, so I've got three weeks off, so I think I'm going to try to get some tabletop get a tabletop simulator, maybe some blood bowl online, um, just maybe record some videos and uh, spend time with the wife and the dog. We've just come back from a week leave. Uh, We're up to the beach. And, um, yeah, I, I've, got, I've got a few video ideas I'd like to put out as well. Um, and I'm going to do a hobby hangout uh, on Boxing Day or Christmas if you are in America or in England or overseas. So uh, I think some some more time like that as well, getting some hobby in, uh, especially now that I'm painting my uh, my test model Daughters of Cain. He's one of the jingle. I haven't done that for a while. I just dropped the model. It's okay, but it's done. That but...
2: <laughs> he, prom- <laughs> he promises people that he has painted a witch elf, but uh, unfortunately he just dropped it into his pants. So no, you know. I, I,
0: it under my chair and as you know if you move your chair you're likely going to break it so i will just have to do, yeah. my, do
2: that, <laughs> that off camera. It's, it's that tense moment where you're like where can i see this model yep. and if you can't see it it is <laughs> definitely wedged against the wheel of your chair
0: if i can move my feet around and stab myself i know it's a witch elf so uh i might draw this screen to a close and hopefully- <laughs> you won't see me cry when I break my free witch elf from games. You've just,
2: off. Painted. <laughs> you've just put painted. it painted up.
0: But at least I know the test game works. I've realized that. Uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, Matt, <laughs> people want to find you uh, I, down below. I do have your YouTube link, or if I don't, I will put it in there. So go check out Matt's yep. channel. If you'd like to hear Matt's voice or you like Nighthaunt or you like both. Um,
1: yeah. That's borderline gaming on YouTube. Uh, you can find me on, Facebook is Matt Tyrrell, Matthew Tyrrell, um, and yeah, on uh, Twitter as well. I truly really lost use... this witch elf. This witch... Oh,
0: what was that? Is that the dog treat or a witch elf? Ah, success! I've got it! I've got it! His, a...
1: eyes, his eyes lit up. It's a dog treat. No,
0: it's a witch, <laughs> witch elf. It's a witch elf. A
2: witch there elf. you go. So, he has are... painted. Oh, that's yep. You're painting up like a drow.
0: Yeah, I'm painting up a drow, a drow elf. So. um uh, going with the color bronze scheme, that I want to have different hair colors just to um, differentiate the, the the murder strippers. The filth. Filth. It's it's actually my display board. That's why I've actually gone with this because I've got a really cool display board idea. Um, so that's 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 my driving force for this army, much like the gargants.
1: Yeah, I've I've got a really yep. cool seraphon display board. I'm thinking about doing too.
2: <laughs> Does it by any chance hold lots of skinks? <laughs> Yeah, and it's
1: got a perfect spot for Croak. And um, well, I love uh, cool, after, yeah.
2: Year, after right. the Winter FAQ, uh, Clint. Uh, people can find me on Twitter at heralds of war. Um, I'm also on Instagram. I've been doing. I've been following tons and tons of hobbyists on Instagram lately. I'm really enjoying just having a feed of awesome painting. Um, I'm clint.mallet over on Instagram, but it's pretty much all Warhammer. Um, and you can catch me on Tuesday evenings, Australian time, um, over on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Herald to War. Uh, just hanging out, doing hobby, chatting about stuff. So cool. And you know, I'm everywhere.
0: I'm. If people don't know where I am, then it's a bit worrying. Um, <laughs> very worrying. But, but uh, I did get a, uh, a nice little message from Spotify wrapping up the year, and it was like 40 episodes over like is it 10,000 hours or something across 27 countries? So uh, that was really cool. Uh, what's not cool is this Logitech camera auto-zooming out and driving me, driving me insane. Guys, thank you very much. Uh, hopefully we hang out at Christmas or New Year's. I hope you enjoy this episode. Clint, we've got to work out what we're going to talk about in the new year. Maybe it's like a like a tale of four warlords or something. I don't know. We'll work something out for January. Absolutely. Matt, it's been oh, a pleasure. Chat, yeah. thanks for hanging out with us for this long. Um, I hope you had fun and you know the deal here. Uh, I'm going to play this awesome video. All right, guys.
2: Adios. See ya.
0: Mate, See ya. how good was that video? Surely it's going to go straight to the pool room. If you enjoyed that video, I would appreciate it if you crushed that like button and if you have an opinion, leave it in the comment section. That lets YouTube know it's a great video and it should share it with other Age of Sigma players. Cheers to all the bloody legends here on the screen who have financially supported AOS Coach on Patreon on YouTube members. Their contributions have helped me improve the quality, frequency, and the variety of content on this channel. So cheers, guys, you are bloody legends. Until the next video, don't forget to shoot the heroes and have a good one.